Hey everybody, welcome to episode 25 of the ZI Podcast. Thank you again to uh, Husky by the Geek for that opening. If you have any of your own theme song submissions, fan topics, anything like that, be sure to send those to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. That's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host Adam, and this week joining me is... I'm Jake, and I don't matter this week. Next person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Chris, and uh, you know, it's good to be here, Adam. I've been wanting to talk about some things for a while. Good to have you. I'm Smooth McGroove, and I do video game acapellas. Oh, it's so good. Go go, go to his channel right now. Stop watching the podcast and just go to this guy's channel. He's Welcome beautiful. to Smooth. Glad you could join us. Uh, so this week, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of the news. Uh, as always, we cover a variety of topics, Zelda-related and non-related. Any topics you have that you'd like us to talk about, you can be sure to send this to us. Once again, it's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. We will talk about anything that isn't Zelda-related, uh, preference to Zelda-related stuff, obviously. Uh, but here's the rundown. The existence of the gold Mario amiibo was kind of rumored. A uh, This week I learned that a Nicolas Cage dating sim exists for some ungodly reason. Uh, a new Xbox One bundle celebrating the Lunar New Year comes with some interesting additions. Uh, Kanye West is releasing a video game. Woo! Batman yeah. Arkham Knight receives the M rating. Uh, Elsa was arrested in South Carolina this week. PlayStation is celebrating the Vita's third birthday. Uh, a new LGBTQ-focused Comic-Con is coming to the Big Apple. And I found a cool Kickstarter for our European listeners. Also, Capcom released a new trailer for Street Fighter V. Uh, the popular show Parks and Rec had aired its final episode this week. And a bunch of fan topics and more. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let's get started. All right, let's do this. So, Walmart uh, of Canada, I think, released uh, a few tweets regarding the gold Mario amiibo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes, they, they said that it's going to be sold on like store shelves. There's not going to be pre-orders for it. Uh, but no date. The weird thing about this is is that the tweets were pulled, like they were deleted. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly a confirmation. Right now I'm, I'm pegging it down to like a rumor. Oh, so it's um, kind of like one of those things where it's like, uh, well, they do this a lot in a lot of like news, like uh, news pieces where like Amazon will put on like uh, dates for games and then like oh, when games like, are being like announced. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like when they, they did that for Zelda, I think. Yeah, they did that like, for like Hyrule Warriors and Smash Bros, I think. Yeah, there was were, like, like no teasing. box art for it. It just said Zelda U and, and you then, could pre-order it. And it gave a date. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just somebody, like, in charge of their social media. Like, someone in charge of their Twitter didn't realize that they're not allowed to give the date yet. And then they were mm-hmm. like, oh, got to pull it. But yeah, yeah no pre-order. PR guy on. didn't get the email. They did say, like, um, I think they said earlier that it's coming March 20th. So. Yeah. I mean, it's... as far as I know, we've been hinted about it before. Like, the existence of the Gold Mario Amiibo is a thing that we've known about. But this is, like, the first time that we've seen, like, pictures of it. And, uh corporation kind of talk about other than i think nintendo yeah yeah i saw someone on my twitter feed they tried to pre-order it today but they missed out they missed out on the little time window or whatever there was a there wait they were doing pre-orders i thought there weren't any uh someone on my feed said that they logged in but they were too late they had sold out and uh the whatever website they were on said uh you know come back later for more or whatever (laughs) <laughs> I'll make sure to I'll make sure to check more on this story then because this is really maybe interesting. Like, maybe that would be on Smashboards. It may have been, yeah what? I don't know what it was but I mean are they making like a limited uh, an, uh, number of these things or it seems to be from Mario so. Party Ten. Um, uh, I think it's like it said like on the box that I saw it said like special edition gold uh, amiibo and I'm like I'm thinking this might be a whole line because we might get pink gold peach and things like that. Yeah, I don't know they're gonna be for Luigi. I I have I I kind of think that the because they have just a regular Mario one where he's just waving, but this one's the gold color of it. I think the gold one itself is just like super limited edition because mm-hmm. it doesn't have a whole lot of utility. Unlike if it's most just, Amiibo, which are already super limited it's edition. Just aesthetics, <laughs> yeah. really. it's, it's crazy it's yeah. aesthetics. Yeah, 
Yeah, it really is. And a lot of people are already doing paint jobs for them, yeah, so most people say, already have a gold Mario Amiibo. Really? Just get the regular Mario yeah. and just paint it gold. Yeah, if you You're look solid. online, you can see some really cool... Uh, I saw one for Dark Link. I saw one for uh, Toon Link. Someone... Uh, I think we posted it on Zelda Informer. I saw someone did a, a Deku Scrub uh, Toon Link. Yeah, I saw that earlier. That one was nice. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty neat. So yeah, a lot of fans have taken the liberty to customize these things, especially with the weird paint job, and I think they're producing a lot of them. So like well, the, manufac- the manufacturing at- errors have gone a lot up, uh, a lot more common as opposed to being really rare because they're making so many of them that the chance of it being weird or distorted is higher. But mm-hmm. now people are selling them. Yep. They're selling the ones they're 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 customizing. Like I just saw today, um, yeah, it was a Mega Man, uh, but it was like colored in its red suit. There's a name for it. I just forgot. Oh but, yeah, and one. oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, they were and they put it out on eBay for like 198 dollars. Oh wow, oil, yeah, I think. And so like there was already bids and everything. I Dude, was like, this is insane. So okay, as someone who has, I haven't uh bought an Amiibo yet. Is there you, are there differences in the chip inside? Uh, okay, no. so here's the explanation that, that I've received from numerous sources. Basically, if you have an Amiibo for Smash Bros, like the Kirby one, and then you get the same one for the new Kirby game that just came out, it'll work exactly the same. The only problem is it'll only hold the data for one of those games. So if you want to transfer the data from your uh, Kirby Amiibo, or I'm sorry, your Mario Amiibo from Smash Bros to Mario Party 10, you're going to have to wipe all the save data on it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, so they, they work across games. Like the Smash series Kirby will work with like it works with Mario Kart 8. It works. And with I think that Nintendo Kirby. has a uh, has a chart online that helps you figure out what yeah. works with what. A lot yeah, of them they, are they just read only. Like a lot of them just scan into the game. It'll give you a quick bonus. Like it doesn't save data. It just Hyrule reads Warriors in. gives you gifts. Yeah, yeah. The only two games that read and write over the Amiibo data is uh, Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. No, wait, I'm sorry, Mario Party. Yeah. Yeah, Mario Kart. They just give you like skins. Yeah, they just give you Amiibos. costumes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, and also, like, a lot of them are starting to, like, see more and more limited runs. Like, Rosalina, I'm pretty sure Smash Rosalina isn't coming back. Yeah. But they hinted. Didn't ever make make it to store Yeah. I was going to say, you know, the little hangy hang thing? Like, when you you see, like, the Nebo box. The hangy hang thing? Yeah. The little, like, the little puncture and the cardboard where you, Mm -hmm. you know, you would hang the thing. It's almost, like, ironic that it's even there because they never get hung up on the walls. Like, they they just get them out of a cardboard box and give them to you. You have to wait in line for seven hours at, like, midnight until, like, the store opens. And then you get a ticket. And then if you're lucky to have been the first couple people (laughs) in line, you may get yours. Dude, I'm ashamed to say that I I waited in line for Rosalina. Oh, you're not the only one I know. I wonder how many of the employees actually got to like pre-order theirs like that people that work at like either walmart walmart GameStop oh i'm sure or... the people that care that work there have you know oh they, done they, they their best to try and get on that yeah but i'm pretty sure there's a rule in some stores that says like you have to let the customers like do all their pre-orders first and after the like initial like day then you can do yours hmm. so maybe they might be going they might go to their uh the other stores that they right. that their company is affiliated with just because they know when it's coming out so that they can get that i, I can, can see that yeah, I know that my boss recently went on an amiibo run, and a few people from the site actually asked him to find some for them. So <laughs> it's like it's become like <laughs> this online scavenger hunt for. <laughs> I see people all the time on trophies. Twitter ordering them from like Japan and like UK just to get yeah, them here. That, Even though it's twice thing. as much. There's like Japan yeah, versions and the European versions. Mm-hmm. And, and they all work the same, but. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I saw a thread somewhere where it, it, it was someone that was frustrated at Nintendo because it was like, Nintendo needs to like tell us whether we should consider Amiibos like DLC content where it's just readily available or collector's items. Yeah, I think that was on Reddit, yeah. wasn't it? Was no, it? that's definitely yeah, true. Yeah, it might have been. I think I saw I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
And it was, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause you know, if they make these things just readily available in all forms, well, you know, it's like DLC, but if, if there's limited editions and there's rare ones, which there seems to be, then they're kind of collector's items. Yeah. Right. And it's weird to oh, think that God, these are yeah. supposed to be for kids. Like I keep thinking like how awful <laughs> I that have is if you have seen a single but... child buy an amiibo. It's always yeah, the because weird, weird guy in pajama me. pants. As, as an older brother who has like two little cousins ages like six and 10. And my own younger brother, who's age eight, they all have like ten amiibos each. Really? So, I don't. Yeah, of course they love Man. like the Wii U. And they love. No, I'm saying like sense. it must. That's it must be them, difficult dude, for the, the parent to be able to get that to their kids because it's oh, like you, well, you're I mean, fighting with. Fanatics. Parents just they don't care what the kids dude, say. They just go I, and buy the ones that are at the store and be like, here, just be happy with this. I guess it's you like know, it's you, a lot like you know baseball cards or something or, or action figures when yeah. I was a kid. Like you know some of them are readily available and most kids get those. And you know the lucky kids that have no idea mm-hmm. that they may their parents may get them a rare one and they won't even know it's rare until they're like you know eighteen like or nineteen Yu-Gi-Oh. years old. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like Pokemon cards yeah, that's, or something. Oh that's me and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like oh you've got like an Alex Rodriguez rookie card. Oh I've had that yeah, <laughs> since I was a kid. It's like worth what five hundred bucks. Oh wow that's cool. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> My friend actually has a, what is it, a Brett Favre rookie card? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's probably yeah. worth so much money. <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, yeah. I remember him showing it to me back in the fourth grade, and I was like, oh, dude, this is cool. It's it's funny how far, like, fans will go to, like, make, like, the, the custom Amiibo is one aspect of it, but the amount of money people are paying for these things is another aspect, just, like, how much they're willing to spend to get these. I mean, sometimes people will do, like, really weird things. For example, making a Nicolas Cage dating sim called Caging Me Softly. Oh I can't God. believe that's real. Lord. It's, Please tell me more. I, Adam, I want all the information right The now. critics are in, and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take very long to beat. Have you Not even the results. The, the critics came themselves. They didn't have to write the reviews. They're like, listen, guys, this is the game of the year. Buy it now. Play it now. <laughs> I played it. I played it, and I can only say you need to play it. There's nothing I can really say to do it do- justice. It's free. It's online. It takes like three minutes to download, two is minutes it, to play. Is it full of all the Nicolas Cage memes and stuff? Like, does it have like the bees and? I don't want to spoil is the he surprise. A vampire? I can't imagine it does. <laughs> I'm is sorry. This... Is he a vampire? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, not a vampire. That one is movie. Ever... Got Vampire Kiss. I think was the name of that. What's his name? Ever Smooth. I. I'm sorry. I was thinking about you, Max, right now. You're, like, on the top of my mind. I said, was he ever a, vamp- a vampire? Was Nicolas he? Cage? Yeah. He was in one movie. He was a sorcerer. What? He was also oh, a yeah, sorcerer. The sorcerer. He also had a hawk haircut in one. <laughs> yeah, I remember yes. that. Uh, God, Nicolas Cage, man. You know he has a castle in Scotland that he's, like, basically never been to? He buys com- he bu- comic he... books and castles. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> what? God, yeah, he does. That dude is, like, loaded with Nicolas Cage money. Is he really? He can no, buy he's, he's pretty much with. broke now. Oh, yeah, now he's broke. But... Is he really? Yeah. What happened? Well, he's not broke, broke. Let's, <laughs> he let's, just, let's not he's not very rumors. good with his finances. He's, oh. he, just, he buys too many castles, of... too many comic books. He buys books. too no, many castles. Seriously, he buys too many castles <laughs> and too many rare comic books. Yeah, yeah, so I think we're going to start seeing him in more absurd movies because he needs more Nicolas Cage money. Well, that's so. that's probably fine with the <laughs> He actually the does pretty much do whatever he wants. I'm so obsessed with the National Treasure movies the National because Tre- of, like, how absurd he is. <laughs> I remember seeing the first National Treasure movie in a theater with, like, my girlfriend when I was in, I don't even know how young. 
and just leaving going what was that that was almost cool i thought it was brilliant because i was like 11 when it came out and i was like oh my god they know history yeah oh yeah that's how i was because i was just young enough where it was like i didn't know exactly how terribly they had i thought they really knew their source material i was like whoa i could never come up with this it had that like it was like almost there like i was old enough to realize that they were touching on like epic stuff but then like the movie just ends and i'm just like wait no you did (laughs) oh oh, that's right disney made it don't worry they had a second one they had a second one which i I also saw in theater how how was my dad how was it my dad is um wait have you not seen it i haven't seen the second second one one. oh my god oh my god i i I want you to see it with my dad my dad loves movies dude he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna say this you probably don't know this i am uh i'm persian on my dad's side and iranian cinema is nothing compared to western cinema so every movie is a mag is like a masterpiece so when he was watching it like i'm I'm i wasn't watching national treasure 2 i was watching my dad watch the movie and he was just baffled and confounded the entire time it was it was it was so cute that's awesome i have a friend who's half iranian and his dad is iranian as well i need to ask him (laughs) about that just like oh can i watch a movie with your dad hey look, let's watch a movie with your dad dude no i don't want to do that <laughs> okay can i just watch a movie with your dad then him and his dad are both so like the most introvert they're more introverted than i am and i like i was really? the kid in like the corner of class who never talked so that says anything. welcome to the club we have there's all four of us here yep <laughs> that's how it happens zelda fans yeah yeah, yeah. zelda uh, <laughs> zelda <laughs> Charles just yelled from the other room. My cat. I don't know what oh yeah, dude, your cat's the best. Your cat's adorable. He's pretty. I love funny. how you just like in all the videos where there's like drums or something, you pick him up and you just start bapping his hands. Yeah, he's he's chill. He's really chill, unless he's hungry. Mr. No. Smooth. Yes. Can I? Can I? Can I just like? Can I just gush for a second? I'm a huge fan. Well, I that makes like, me feel good. Your work is so good. Okay, okay. Easily, your my favorite one that you did was uh, Sticker Brush Symphony. Oh yeah. Oh my god, dude, that was amazing. Like I, that was like the first one I showed my girlfriend, and she was like, she's actually really mad right now that she doesn't get a chance to like to like speak to you before and after. Oh, oh my god, she's such a huge fan of you, dude. You're so good. Well, awesome. Yeah, Sticker Brush Symphony was one that was like, I waited to do that because I, mm-hmm. I was so scared. It's a freaking amazing song. It's legendary. And oh when I was God, recording dude. that, I was so nervous because I was wise, like, man. this has to turn out well. This has to turn out as good as, like, aquatic ambience. I was pretty happy with the way it turned out. Oh, yeah, yeah you did that one, too. Yep. God, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, give us news because I'm not going to stop, like, singing his praises unless you give me something I feel to like, talk about. I feel like we should be talking <laughs> about uh, Zelda, so I'm going to bring up a fan topic. Okay. Uh, let's talk uh, about uh, Cody from Texas. Cody from Texas. Another person from Texas. Oh, it's not Jacob this time. Uh, yeah, no. I love right. our I love how our Texas fans have started to just name themselves from Texas. Okay, it's good. It's kind of neat. Uh, <laughs> but Cody from Texas writes, What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Cody from Texas. I've seen a, lo- a topic of reusing villains not named Ganon from other titles more than once. I'd like to see this happen like Xant was used. Have multiple bosses control areas that each have their own storyline, but are ultimately puppets of Ganon. A little RPG-ish in the way it sounds, but it could have a cool twist on the game. How would you like to see it, if at all, former villains in new titles? Uh, hmm. I think that's a good idea. I think it would add a lot more personality and life to the world, because mm-hmm. take a game like Ocarina of Time, for example, because it came to the front of my mind. None of the bosses really had identities, or there was no real reason for you mm-hmm. to like hate them other than, oh, they're the bad guy of the dungeon. It's the big, It's the big dragon. Punch it. 
Like, you, you don't really, and I guess that's part of the mystery of it, is you don't really know what you're going to be facing. Like, the Water Temple, you know, I had no idea I was going to be fighting an amoeba, but there he was. Yeah. I mean, in, uh, is it in Ocarina where uh, King Dodongo is, like, the one that's causing the problems for the Gorons? King Dodongo, yes. That was yeah. that one. Yeah, so those, yeah, a bit more. those, there's times where they actually do give the villains some semblance of plot. That's why, like, uh, in the in the chat room for the staff, we've been having really a buzz lately about Vadi. He's uh, come up so again cool. because he's such a good villain that never gets really, really used. A lot of fans, uh, I, I would say that a lot of fans who don't, I wouldn't say don't like Ganondorf, but are not as crazy about Ganondorf, like Vadi. Just sort of like been there, done that with Ganondorf. Now, his first appearance was in, uh, crap, what, which one was Link it? Link to the Past? No, it wasn't Link to the Past. It was, no. was it, well, the, it the one on Game Boy Advance? Uh, technically, a Link to the Past and Four Swords were on the same game cartridge, so you could get away with that. But uh, yeah, he okay, first appeared yeah. in oh, yeah. Four Swords. His yeah. first chronological appearance was Minish Cap, where he had That's the most right. identity. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's so he's he's really cool. I like him. He was a good one. He was different. Definitely different than Ganon. And I could see why, why fans get tired of Ganon over and over again. But Yeah, yeah like yeah. even it in feels Twilight a little Princess, cliche. Uh, Zant was a really cool villain. Um, but then at the last second, he kind of gets like usurped by a Ganondorf. Like for like the prime villain role. I mean, yeah. even in uh, Four Swords, Ganon comes back. Like Shadow in Four Ganon Swords Adventure, yeah. Ganondorf yeah. comes back. He's the... So I guess that does happen a lot in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Ganon is always involved to some degree, and that's fine. It's just you'd like to have a little bit more variety. You don't need Ganon. See, what, what I would like to see no. is more like uh, complex, like Zelda storyline elements being put in there. Especially since, like you mm-hmm. know, the whole storyline is like published by Nintendo now. So yeah. now they have it all in like canon, and so mm-hmm. now they can take elements like big elements like Ganon and play mm-hmm. with them more. Like uh, you know, maybe you know, apprentices of Ganon or maybe even like a villain that like came from Ganon or like an ancestor yeah. of Ganon or something coming back and you interacting. Really cool? What if Ganon had a son? Uh, yeah. Well, that'd be neat. I was thinking like on the line of like Shadow Link. I think it'd be cool if there was kind of like that rivalry where it's just like we learn more about Shadow Link as a person as if he's a he's a real character as opposed to just being the darker side. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's he wants to become Link as like become whole. And so he worked. He might work with Ganon at some point. Dark Link, of that. That would be Dark Link cool. is a very interesting character. Like most of his story in Ocarina was just told through subtext. Yeah. Like for the longest time, I was confused as to why he was yeah. in the Water Temple and not the Shadow Temple. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to symbolize like Link's personal reflections. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. Link, what do you have under the surface, man? What are you trying mm-hmm. to tell us, dude? What's much going more, on? Right when you started. Much more... Yeah, I was gonna say like right when you started talking about Shadow Link, I thought you were gonna start talking about Shadow Ganon or something. Because, oh, no, no. dude, I think that would be a really cool idea. Like, bring Ganon's shadow out in a game. Because you already have him as a villain. But, what, oh, like, okay. how, but how much more evil and sinister is his shadow? And yeah. how would that play in? If what you... is the th- what, what makes him even cringe and feel uncomfortable? Like, the you know, thoughts be... that plague him. Dude, you know what would be even cooler than Ganon's shadow? What? Ganon's shadow's shadow. Now, that's dark. <laughs> that's, yeah... I think it's now too we're metal, man. To like the, uh... <laughs> the inception of Ganondorf's shadow. What if Ganon was split to two people, a dark side and a light side? That'd be interesting. And then at the end, uh, Light Ganon has to become one with Shadow Ganon in order to defeat him. And in order to save Hyrule. Yeah. That That'd would be, be cool if, like... That would be the ultimate ending. Yeah, especially if he was, like, your companion or something. Like, can you imagine Ganondorf being oh, the God, companion be character? Weird. That'd be really, that really would be weird. crazy. That's something that I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah, it's like, if you had Shadow Ganon... And, like, he's actually more evil and sinister than Ganon himself. And Ganon's already in the game. And Ganon's, like, 
uh, Link, I need your help, man. My shadow is taking over the universe. <laughs> and, like, you, you have to, like, <laughs> My shadow. And you have to link up with Ganon to kill his shadow. What? Yeah. Smooth. What are you doing? Sorry. You know what I'm it reminds sorry, me of? Uh, it reminds me of another fan topic we got in this week from Jack. Uh, Jack writes, Hi, guys. I was curious to what your favorite Legend of Zelda companions were. I eat Navi, Tattle, Red, King of Red Lions, Midna. Would be awesome if you read this out on the show. Thanks, guys. We did read it out on the show. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you guys think about your favorite companions since we're on the topic of companions? I love Midna. Really? It yes. Great. It's my favorite. She's Cute little adorable Midna. <laughs> mischievous Midna that transforms into like this beautiful thing in the end and made me cry. It was amazing. Oh, <laughs> well, was, uh... I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, my personal favorite companion is Ezlo. <gasps> Ezlo really? Oh, the hat. Yeah. I love Ezlo the hat. He's great. He's sarcastic. Funny. He's such a a-hole at times, but he I was mean... probably the, he was probably the first character from, I would say, first companion character that really had a life and personality to him that was very obvious. Yeah, he was a hat before he even met you. <laughs> so, I, I mean... can think of one that proceeds, but go on. No, no, no. Who is it? Who do you think? Tattle. Tattle came just before, and Tattle... Oh, yeah. Tattle was oh, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Tattle yeah. was really cool. Like, it was Navi, but with sass. Yes. More personality. Mm-hmm. I think Tattle... Tattle kind of less annoying. My three... I, I have a tie for three. It's uh, Tattle, Midna, and King of Red Lions. And Ezlo. I thought so King of Red Lions was a cool character just because of, like, how he... He's a boat, but he feels kind of like he's, like, a parental sort of guidance figure. Whereas usually the companions yeah, yeah. kind of feel like they're your ally or, like... that. He's sort of like a whale Link, in Link. Uh, Flapjack. It, one, one thing I really liked is, like, watching Link grow alongside him. Mm-hmm. Like, in the very beginning when he says, to save your sister, you're going to have to go through a lot of toil and hardship. Are you still okay with that? And, like, Link silently nods his head yes. I was like, oh, that's powerful! Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's a nice little moment. Yeah, he's... It's like Bubby in Flapjack. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> you Like, the character... I still don't know what that means. Have you ever seen the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack? I, I... Oh, that's what that show is called. I've been, dude, for, like, the past month, I was like, what was that one show where I saw, like, one episode of it? Well, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Every time uh, Flapjack would get into trouble and then there'd be Knuckles as doing his bad thing, Bubby would go up to him. Bubby's their whale, by the way. They're a humongous whale. And she's Seems just appropriate. like, ooh, child. <laughs> she's just like, come on, baby. Don't be messing around with them, them evelins. And, you know, she'd be giving him advice and helping him out. If she doesn't start every sentence with whale, 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 what's your problem today, child? Then I feel like it's kind of a lost opportunity. <laughs> you know, I feel like they use that joke in there. I just don't remember. <laughs> Most likely it is Flapjack. It's the same guy who created, like, Powerpuff Girls and stuff, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I think so. Uh, Craig McCracken, I believe. I thought it was... Thoreau Van Mormon. Is it? Is it? Yeah, actually, I only look. Yeah, I just looked it up. Thoreau. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. I think it was the same guy who also made Foster's Home. Yeah, yeah, I love that show. Oh, actually, he's also known for Powerpuff Girls. So maybe. Man, I haven't seen the Powerpuff Girls in a long time. Well, get ready because they're about to reboot it. Yeah, I heard that they're bringing it back in 2016. On day. (laughs) I think I saw uh, some kind of like mock-up stuff like a couple, like a year ago or so. It looked really weird. They weren't going back to the old style. They were doing more like a really blockier sort of look huh no but I th- they're getting back the same voice actors i think good that's good Ooh, yeah. tom kane i love tom kane yeah and uh what's her name uh, she's probably one of the most famous voice actresses out there right uh, now tara, tara strong. strong yeah oh tara strong's the best yeah right up there is great for me but yeah did you guys see about the new xbox one bundle 
Is that the one with a hamburger? It is the one with a hamburger. Oh god. What is what was the story behind that? I only read headlines. Okay. So it come it's an Xbox One system that comes with a five uh the usual hard drive, a disc copy of Dead or Alive Five, last round, codes for Assassin's Creed Unity and Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, a four month code for Xbox Live Gold, a Biotherm Hombag, uh a, a cushion, one hundred and thirty uh Hong Kong dollars worth of Xbox Live credit around seventeen bucks, and a voucher for one Xbox One hamburger redeemable where <laughs> one of these things is not like the other it's a really weird uh marketing deal with uh, a local like fast food chain in china and for like 462 dollars you you get off a free voucher for a vegetarian burger wow it's it's super weird i can't imagine anyone being like sweet a burger i'm hungry and they just like walk over holding the bundle in hand <laughs> and like present the voucher and be like burger please you know at yeah, least saw- they're they're trying to promote, you know, eating healthy with uh, veg- vegetable delights. Well, I, I saw a picture of the burger, and it looked just like a normal burger. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, I, it may have been a fake picture, but it was a burger that had an Xbox One wrapper, and it just looked like a normal burger to me. It's actually, it, there's not even, like, a print of, like, an X on it or yeah, anything? Yeah, I was expecting, you know, remember, you guys heard about, like, that black bun burger out of Japan where they use, like, squid oh, yeah, ink. full like, of ink. Yeah, I was expecting it to be something, like, special, but it just looked like a normal burger with a green wrapper. So That black that black bun burger sounds cool. I what is that exactly? It. Squid ink. They they colored what? it with squid ink, which is just totally edible, apparently. It just happens okay. to turn it jet black. <laughs> Awesome. Actually, you know, I was listening to the Archie podcast. Sorry, Adam. I listen to other podcasts. It's all right. <laughs> but um, they were talking about it. How when um the people at Richard Teeth went uh, to Japan, they were like, "Oh, let's all try this burger. Let's go out. Let's you know, let's see what it tastes like." And they said it just not. It tasted more like a fish sandwich than it hmm. did. And I'm saying fish, even though it's squid. It tastes more like a squid sandwich than it did a, a, a cheeseburger. From you mean Burger. the uh, the. The black burger, or you mean the uh, the black burger? Oh, okay. So the yeah. what they're saying was the ink had a squid flavor to it. Yeah, that's pretty gross. <laughs> Crazy. Ah, a calamari yeah. burger, I would eat one. I like I calamari. Oh, that sounds delicious. Man. But I, I think they take the ink out of the calamari when they serve it to you. No, you just you bite into it and just like ink explodes in your mouth. Gross. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I... An ink filled burger, I would not eat that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a clear bag of ink. Where the 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 uh, patty should be. It's like, is, is that edible? Not into that. <laughs> is, is that a? Can yeah, I get that? I could do without. Please don't. Oh God. Speaking of things that are a little bit darker than usual, Batman Arkham of, Arkham Knight get, receives the M rating, which is weird because the past couple of games have received a T rating. Yeah, no. when I first when I first heard that, I was kind of like, why is this news? And then I was like, oh wait, all the others have been teen. Oh. Huh. One thing that I like. What do they put in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, the violence and the drug use and things like that. Okay, oh, I thought they were going to put, like, you know, nudity or something in there. I was like, why would they make this rated M if it's, like... Actually, the interesting thing is the, the, the quote from the game director, Sefton Hill, um, the, why it, they don't care that it got the M rating. It says, they said, uh, from our point of view, we never wrote it or made it with the rating in mind. We ne- we'd never did that in the previous two games. We just felt that this story, this is the story that we really wanted to tell. So I'm glad that they focused on the fact that they wanted to make sure the story was good as opposed to caring how easy it was for people to get it. Hmm. Yeah. If only they did that with the Dark Knight movies. Because a, like, a lot of games will hope and try that they get the T rating so that way they have more customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I respect that they, they weren't willing to like pull any punches with that. Yeah, it's good. It really does reflect on 
a more honest story. That is good. Like, I've heard a lot yeah. of good things about the that uh, that series. It looks really I nice. I haven't played a game from that series, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. You need to. Could I spout a controversial opinion? Oh, what? Lord. I am going to get Arkham Knight, okay? I've good played boy. Arkham Origins. I didn't right. beat it, but I made it about halfway. And I beat Arkham City. Okay, you didn't and start with Arkham Origins, did you? I did no, 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 no. Okay, okay. the Arkham only Origins... game I haven't played was Asylum. I started from City onward. That's fine. I think a lot of people did. I did too. And uh, I gotta say, I have no. I I think I play the the art and the music and the atmosphere are perfect. Mm-hmm. I think the gameplay is since severely lacking. I really? think the combat is really awkward and mm-hmm. like. <sighs> okay, as far and as I know, the, the new one has been. Been... Hmm? Those suitor, the stupid like predator sections where you yeah. have to like those are terrible. They really are because like you'll be hanging and you get one guy and then everyone runs to you and they found you because you oh, had to take yeah. this one guy. Dude, they're so hard. They're it's, so it's, hard. It's less forgiving than Metal Gear, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, wow. it's really ridiculous sometimes. Uh, but I, I think mean, that one of the things that they were working on was a combat. Yeah, I, 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 I'd I, I think one of the worst things they they it was lacking was in Arkham Origins was the the entire game in general. I think was a letdown in the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. You know, they because that was the title that they um. I think Rocksteady didn't make it. I think it was just WB Games. Well, I think the it, fact is that they they teased one villain being the main villain, and they changed it on everyone halfway wait, when through. Was, when was this? For which uh, game? Origins. Origins. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And so that was really lacking. But I mean, after uh, they announced that Arkham Knight was going to go back to the old studio, I was like, all right, so maybe it'll be just as good as uh, Arkham City because I thought Arkham City was pretty much. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, Arkham, I Arkham City Knight was yet. better. Um, I think it was the best one out of it, all the three that are released. The, do you remember the Mister Freeze boss fight? That all right? That, that took was me forever. Very but... frustrating because of the third yeah. person camera. Mm-hmm. Because you know how they have the battle, the battle camera and the exploring camera, like two totally different styles. Yeah, they had the exploring camera, so it was really, really uncomfortable and stressful when he was when he was shooting at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, dude. I didn't. I didn't much care for it. Although I do like that you couldn't keep doing the same patterns against him. You every hit, you had to do something different. Right. Like you had to like find an air vent or mm-hmm. you know drop on him from above, but you couldn't do the same thing twice. Right. That was cool. So Max, you haven't played this series yet, have you? I have not played said. any of those games. Yeah. Uh. So you do you do a lot of like uh retro covers mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, is I feel it would be appropriate to call it that. Uh. What's your opinion on modern gaming? Modern games in general, because a, a lot of people... or like modern game music, <clears throat> uh, I think they kind of go hand in hand. It's like as as uh, game technology and computer technology has advanced, uh, the music has gotten more um, realistic. There's a lot more mm-hmm. options open to composers as there are game developers, and I think that mm-hmm. is a double edged sword because uh-huh. you can end up with beautiful games with. Great, you know, ideas behind them, but with no soul yeah. whatsoever because they put mm-hmm. all of their development power into the graphics and possibly even, like, the technology. And with the composers, it's the same thing. It's like, now, mm-hmm. as a video game composer, you're not limited to, like, you know, four tracks. Uh, you're, you have, you can do anything you want. You can layer a 90-track orchestra and as much percussion as you want, so you can end mm-hmm. up with these beautifully convoluted soulless songs that have no real memorable melody and i I think that's the worst manifestation of it but at the same time you end up with with soundtracks like uh you know i think halo has a great soundtrack as a modern game i think uh skyrim of course extremely legendary memorable (laughs) jeremy soul i mean i mean the stuff that he's even written for Mm -hmm. world of warcraft recently is insanely good Mm -hmm. uh so you have these geniuses who you know can utilize 
their their lack of limitation and create awesome stuff. And I think it works the same way for game developers. And but, mm-hmm. well, but yeah. I mean, I've I've noticed something like a trend in a lot of indie games and a lot of stuff. They usually come out with you know amazing soundtracks. You have games yeah. like Bastion. You have they try to hold themselves to I said I guess sort of limits to make their overall product better. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, I can only use. Like Shovel Knight, for example, oh, tried dude. to make it as close as possible to using the exact same sort of uh, materials available they to developers at the time. They did an almost exact job. Almost they got yeah. really creative. I think only too. one or two colors as far as Yeah, it was Nick's about two, two colors. Yeah, and but you like, know what? The entire soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken, is playable amazing. on an NES chip. It is, mm-hmm. and if, but and if, they, they did stretch that. Like, um, what they ended up doing was it was the Famicom port of like Castlevania 2. Uh, that had its own like special sound chip, and I believe that was the one they used for the game because it mm-hmm. had a, a bit cleaner and more like audio uh, that you can work with. Oh, so okay. technically, yes, they did they did make it entirely NES, but they got creative. Okay, so, yeah. but they just used a slightly souped up yeah. version of that. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think that's fine because it's still, no, that's totally fine. That's totally it's still fine. holding it's themselves still to a certain limit. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I really like I really like the uh, stylized look of it. And they're going to be making, I think they said they were talking about possibly making a 32-bit, like a 16, I'm sorry. They were talking possibly about making sequels that follow the line of improvements. So oh, hopefully someday cool. we're going to That would be interesting. 16, so like a 16-bit and then Take like the best of like 16-bit games. Like Super yeah. Shovel Knight, you know, the Super Nintendo version. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, when oh, they get to PS1, though, it's not going to look so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna like Shovel it's gonna pull like a, it's gonna pull like a Final Fantasy VII with like the the blocky polygons that didn't age so yeah. well. You know, oh, in the in the immortal words of my dear hero Yahtzee Kroshov, zero punctuation. Nineties polygon graphics look like someone tried to inflate a beach toy by farting into them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, when I look back at like Final Fantasy VII, I'm just like, you know what? You exist, buddy. Good for you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, of course. I mean, these games are still gems. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it really is the like the soul that went into them. It I is mean, the soul that goes into. I, it. I remember when someone says, "Oh, '90s graphics." Of course, they don't look as good. As it's, they do music right creates all the matter? atmosphere in the game. Is what it is. The, the music like, and like the story, because the, what 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 pulled me besides the music was just like the the thought that was put into the story of Seven. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 was a lot like Six, but a little bit more like cosmically oriented. You know, with like the whole mm-hmm. alien coming down and like there's a history mm-hmm. behind that. Like that type of mystery, you know, and and bigness kind of pulled me in when I was, what, 14 and playing it, along with Nobuo's amazing soundtrack. Nobuo. Oh, he's the man. It's funny, because those same reasons were I, were why I didn't like 10, because it like it tried to emulate those those qualities, but it didn't do it. Hey, man, it 10 just, was great. Yeah, Tim was like, good. I don't like 10. Tim was good. It's just, I, it, 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 after I beat it for the first time, I was like, that was really good, but here, but oh, there were these few but this things. Is, but this is better. Yeah, it's like there's there so just many... a few things that just weren't, like, it's like if they, if they would have, like, beefed up the main character a little bit, made him a little less whiny, uh, if they would have, Made know... him more uh, uh, appealing or relatable. Yeah, I degree. mean, uh, yeah, Titus was a, he was a failed protagonist. Yeah. A lot say. of people say that every other character in his party was way more interesting than Titus, and that's why it's kind of ironic that he says this is my story so many times throughout the game. <laughs> yeah. I still like 10. I mean, and 10 has a great soundtrack, too. Yeah. Yeah, ten ten is most known for I think its soundtrack other, I, other than anything. I never played yeah. a ten two or part two. I did. It's called. I did. How? What, I mean, was Man, it? Okay, if you played and loved ten, playing don't ten, play ten two. Well, playing ten two. <laughs> I, I'll say this: if you played in love ten, you can play ten two and appreciate a lot of it because you go through that same world. It's it's like a weird nostalgia. But, 
It's like don't expect anything to be yeah, the same. It's, I mean, the gameplay is not the same. <laughs> the battle system isn't the same. But it's, is it still turn based? It's yeah, yeah. It's it's still turn based, and it's still a Final Fantasy game. But it's just it's a lot more geared toward girls, a lot t- more geared toward the feminine aspect of that. And you know, yeah, but but you know, the music's still good. The, the crazy thing I remember about Ten too, mostly, is the fact that like you're literally in the same world it's like if, if they made a final mm-hmm. fantasy sequel final fantasy 7 sequel and you got to go through midgar again uh like uh mm-hmm. a, a lot like if advent children would it would have been a video game well did you ever play um what, what was the one for the psp crisis core yeah crisis core crisis was, core was great I mean, because you got to explore that same plus world. it was first crisis person. core it wasn't turn-based it was it was amazing probably my because it, it's, it's, it's the prequel to seven so so right. would you say it's like a link to the past and a link between worlds where it's literally the same world but just like no, I think, there's, I think there's different places you explore in Crisis Core compared to Seven. No, I'm talking about oh, Ten, and, same ten and Ten Two. Oh, but for Ten Two, yeah, it's it's it, that's a really good analogy. Except uh, the time period isn't near as like vast. It's, in fact, it happens mm-hmm. right afterwards. I think. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, quick question, guys. Did uh, Nobuo Uematsu do uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen soundtrack, or did they get someone else for that one? I don't even know. I never played Thirteen. I think Dude. that he started working on. If if I'm thinking correctly, I think he started on Thirteen. And then, le- dude, no. that music, like, I, I'm not, I'm gonna be honest, I've never played it, but I did listen to some of the music for it. The battle theme is probably one, my uh, favorite battle theme. Yeah, the battle theme's really good. Oh, God. They're, mm-hmm. they're, like, there's this, like, this main theme where it's, like, these, like, violins that are. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Adam, I'll send it to you. Sends oh. chills down my spine. Adam, play it right here. Oh, God, guys, do you hear it? This song, it's so bad. Listen to these violins. Oh, no. they're What's it called? Me. What's it called? I, I can't remember. I'll have to find it. Uh, it it'll be down below. It'll one, be down below. Okay, there's so, a Final Fantasy 13 song that people have requested like crazy for my channel, and it's it's always the same one, and it's really good. Do how does it go? It? How does it go? Because you're you're a musician. Uh, man, <laughs> I mean, I know it? how it sounds in my head. It, it's just it's it's really good. I don't know. I mean, it's yes, violins. Yes, and Max. Stuff. Let's put you on the spot. Something right light, now, please. Like, something light. That's all I remember. Like, is it like da 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 da? Like, is it that one? Yes, that one. Yeah, I, dude, that's the one. Oh, I don't like that song. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was pretty Max. cool. I, the violins, just, they're so powerful and angry. You know what? Now that you mentioned it, and now that you mentioned it, I'm okay with Actually, one of the bosses is violins. <laughs> Guys, I think we have to just, you know, we want to, we, we want to, you know, promote our guests always. That's, that's yeah, the normal of course. thing. So I, I kind of want to go around and ask everyone your favorite uh, smooth song, including, including you, Max. I want to know which one you had the most fun. I guess let's start with Adam then. Uh, we'll go all the way to smooth. Okay. For me, it's between your Castlevania one and Link to the Past because I love Link to the Past. Which Castlevania? Oh, and also and, uh, um, Together We Ride. So okay, yeah, that, that was a that was a big. Now, which Castlevania one? I've done like two. Uh, you know which one? Something I Blood of probably, the Night Symphony. Is it, I forget. Is it Bloody Tears? Yeah, it's yes. the craziest one that you have. Yeah, that one. That one was insane. That one's amazing. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that one. I think it turned out. Like better than I thought it would. It's spot on. And the link to the uh, past one that you like is the Overworld link to the past or the mm-hmm. Dark World. Uh, Overworld. Yeah, I think that one turned out really good too. Yeah, I love the uh, revamp in A Link Between Worlds of that theme. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. Oh, it's so nice. I uh, okay, I've got a few here. As I said earlier, Sigur Rush Symphony is uh, definitely. Uh, it, it, it's very close, but I think that one takes the number one spot. But other ones, I I think are gems. Um. It was it was in Sonic Three, I think it was like um it was the ice level. I can't remember the name of it. Oh yeah, Ice Cap Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was fantastic. Um, oh, man. your Final That's Fantasy Seven fanfare. Yeah. Amazing, and probably like took you forever to do because that one was crazy. Yep, that was a lot of multi tracking. 
God, and God, there was another one that's. that's gonna... Oh yeah, the um Astral Observatory and uh, Majora's Mask. You know what? Okay, I love you because that. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that no. song. Be my is friend. Like, Move to Orlando. That Just is, be my roommate, dude. That's let's, like the let's best. Set it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Astral Observatory. I think is one of the best songs. And you know, Koji Kondo didn't write that one. Koji Kondo. Are you serious? Really? That, that's one of the few off. Uh, well, not few. Um, because <laughs> I guess on uh, Majora's Mask, it was Koji Kondo and at least one other composer. And uh, when, when I looked when I looked up Astral Observatory, it was the other composer or one of the other ones. What? And, you know what? And I wasn't surprised when I thought about it because it doesn't have the Koji Kondo feel to it. It's different, but I it's guess amazing. That's what you mean. But the funny thing is, like Astral Observatory, that's one of my least viewed acapella videos. And Dude, uh, no, I, are you kidding? I've watched that thing like fifteen I, times. I think that type of okay. I'm going to go on a little rant it's, here. It's credited rant. to Koji Kondo. Is it credited? But I could be okay. Maybe it, it, it's it seems like it is, but that might just be. Uh, it's it's kind of like how it's kind of so like it how uh, Skyward Sword still credited to like uh, Al Numa, even though he technically yeah. wasn't the director. Yeah. Let me see if I can find the other composer really quick. Well, Adam finds the other composer. This. I'm going to say mine. Uh, I'm. It's definitely... a Toru Minigishi. Toru Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Go on your rant really quick before then. then well, okay. What, what I was going to say is Astral Observatory, I think, is genius, right? Oh, it's so good. When I listen to that song, it makes me feel amazing. I That was the first song I heard of Majora's Mask that blew me away. Like, I know, I, before, and it's so minuscule in the it's, game. It's minuscule in the game. It's just this one little area, but you walk in that room, and it's just like... I, I could just stand there and just listen oh, to that song. There's Dude, that, that room has so much power in that game. Like, yeah. it, it's... When you when you speak to, to I think his name is Tahashi I think or something like that the professor yeah uh, you can talk to him in any of your forms and his response will be different to you and that beautiful track like overlays like if you're a child he's like oh aren't you a cute face do you want to look into the thing or whatever and but if you're an adult he's like I I, I you're coming here can only mean one thing you would like to know uh, if he's basically really serious saying I, you need to evacuate immediately you don't have that much time and yeah. that beautiful track like overlaying it's so good. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I've I've seen people, you know, comments on my videos and, and heck, even real life friends where I when I would mention I did Astral Observatory and how much I like it, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I don't like that song." What? And you know, and I mean, when I when I posted it, I, I would, Who? I would see, no, I would no, see no, people, no, 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 no. Who? Who said just, they didn't like that song, dude? I mean, even Jake is going to personally email each one of them. I'm going to. My them. fingers are already smoking with. Okay, I'll put it, I'll like put it this way: emails. there are people out there, and I've I've found this out that don't like happy music. And I'm not talking really? like sugar. I'm like talking like sugar candy happy, like kids bop or whatever. Uh, I'm talking like legitimately dude, kids happy. Because like Astral Observatory, it has such like a. It's like mm, you're flying in space and you've ascended your body and <laughs> like you know. it, it really does have that cosmic ethereal feel to it. Like it's it's incredible. It's so good. But you know, but the thing is, I, I realized early on, especially when I started making these videos, that there are certain strains of music that appeal to different people and you know it applies to the video game world especially because video game music is especially made to be potent without lyrics you know which is like the human element in music so a, you know a tune like astral observatory isn't going to appeal to someone who likes a tune uh i don't know how to put this i don't think it would necessarily i mean i'm not speaking for everyone but i mean like if you compare it to like songs that are in like the sonic games if you like uh city escape or like mm -hmm. you're talking about i don't think people People who like this, those same, um, one who likes the other would like necessarily like the other one just because one's with lyrics and one isn't. Yeah, and and and, and even in like say Zelda games, right? I'll take like Deku yeah. Palace. I just did Deku Palace, right? And mm -hmm. that's uh, 
in a minor key, right? It's not yeah, a happy yeah. song. It's an upbeat song, but it's in a minor key for the most yes. part. Mm-hmm. Not the whole way through, but it's kind of a darker, upbeat melody. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and the same friend I'm talking about, he loves that music. He loves the minor key. It makes him happy. Did, what do you think of your cover of uh, Milk Bar theme? Oh, see, that's 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 the polar opposite. Like, uh, like yeah. you have you have a song like uh, Milk Bar, which is happy, upbeat, and just like almost goofy. Oh, right. My God. Mm-hmm. And then you have like again like Oath to Order. Which is like yeah. dark. Oh, I love that minor, song. Deep. Or, you know, even Deku Palace, which is minor, uh, in a minor key, but it's upbeat. Like, those mm-hmm. two are darker songs, especially out to order. Uh, whereas Milk Bar is like just totally happy and silly. Where to me, Astral Observatory is happy, but not silly. Max, I'm I think that's right now. One of my favorites that you've done is the song of unhealing for the just like that eerie sound that it has. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that is the song of healing just completely the reversed. Song, yeah. Speaking of the song of unhealing, uh, I want to just take a quick moment. We're going to take a, a, a tiny break here to uh, show you a song uh, by the a band called The Consoles, uh, spelled C-O-N-S-O-U-L-S, so Consoles. They're a video game jazz uh, music jazz ensemble, and this is their cover of The Song of Healing. So yeah. I hope you guys enjoy it, uh, and take a listen.
And we're back. Uh, before before we continue with the conversation, I'm gonna let you know that if you like that, we're doing a giveaway with the consoles. Uh, we're gonna be giving away ten copies of their new album through Louder. To enter, post a tweet tagging myself and at the consoles band. So my Twitter is at ABC Milkman and the consoles band with the hashtag CIPodcast25 and tell us what your favorite Zelda tune is. So at ABC Milkman and at the consoles band with the hashtag ZIPodcast25 and tell us what your favorite Zelda tune is. Uh, those will be down below, but the question will not to make sure that people are actually listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you were saying uh, during the break, Jake, you mentioned that uh, one of your favorite tunes that you forgot to say earlier. Uh, yes, the Stone Tower theme. Um, not just your version of it, which, by the way, was astounding, but the original, too. Like, That's not like a frequently discussed track in the game. It's a good mm-hmm. one. It's it darker, really and it's is. got that like uh, funky instrumentation, like the Middle Eastern instrumentation. Yeah. It it almost sounds like that, because like, the whole the whole theme of Ikana is, is death and emptiness, but that song mm-hmm. sounds like it sounds alive in a very unchipper way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems when I when I say alive, even I mean animated, moving. Like not not even slowly, but like like the spirits around you are moving angrily. Yeah, that that song just sounds ancient to me. Like there's some like ancient thing that's going on that's like cryptic and awesome, but also dark. <sighs> You're cryptic and awesome. I think that's and dark. the Majora's theme for me. <laughs> and I know I sound like probably every other person oh, yeah. in the planet, but I mean, like whenever I hear just hear that theme, I just get a shiver in my spine. I'm like, oh. I'll, I'll, Smooth, let me ask your opinion. Because uh, let me let me state mine first, and let me. I do not like the Majora theme. Really, I don't like it. I don't think it's a good theme. I mean, I, here's the thing: I understand the kinds of feelings it wants to invoke in the player, and it does a good job of that. But it just sounds kind of ear wrenching, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I I don't really know because that that is one of those themes that was never stuck in my head. Like, uh, yeah, it's uh, I. In fact, I can't even like recall the melody, you know? Da, and... da, 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 da. Yeah, there you go. Do, 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 do. Let the professional do it, guys. Come on. <laughs> I used to be in chorus, and I'm a, I'm a trained singer I'm as well, I'm a Chris. singer, guitarist, and pianist. Just because I'm not majoring in music doesn't mean I can't sing, you jerk. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Is it is it the uh, Majora's Mask battle theme? No, not, not the battle. Well, the battle theme it's is It's like the whenever there's a cutscene with uh, Skull Kid, it, it usually plays. Mm-hmm. It's Skull Kid's theme. Yeah. Oh, okay, that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, that one never really stuck out in my head like I wanted to listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of uh, a, I don't know. Speaking of Majora's Mask, uh, Sam, uh, we have a fan topic regarding Majora 3D, obviously, because that just came out, and uh, uh, let me read it to you. Sam writes, I know you've probably been receiving many topics related to the recent release of Majora's Mask 3D. We have, actually. Uh, but I'd like to share uh, my final impressions and ask your related thoughts. Uh, basically, uh, many of the gameplay elements had been changed for the worse, such as particular tasks requiring oh the player God. locate two or three items that now only require the player to rec- locate one item. What's your thoughts on this? Are these game changes negative or positive in your opinion? And do you think the game still serves to properly pay homage to the original? Or have these changes done a disservice to many Zelda fans' favorite game of the series? I think, me personally, that the changes they made for the 3D version are okay because it's a mobile game. The thing about mobile games... Is that or a 3DS games? Is that you're supposed to take it with you like anywhere? I mean, yeah. That, so um, I mean, they they said this about Smash Bros. Uh, for the 3DS, and they said that it's basically a game that you should be playing in like 30 minute bursts, as opposed to something that you're pay- playing for hours on end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like they what they did was they included uh what, what was it the bombers notebook. 
they made it more mm-hmm. useful than it ever was in the console version. But the oh, thing, I mean, it's ooh, really helpful. We're going to talk about that. Well, in a well, the thing about the, the console version <laughs> one is the console. I version, have thoughts. I'm just imagining Jake like getting pumped. He's like doing shadow boxing. He probably is. <laughs> the <laughs> thing, ready. what I think about the con- the console version is it's kind of based on like you have to remember these things because I, me personally, when I played it on the N64, I never went to the bomber's notebook for anything. But for the 3DS, uh, I'm using it much more now that it's you know they included it much more. Like every time you get something, mm-hmm. it opens up and it puts a thing in there. It says ongoing quests. It says like you know rumors. It has all these things. Same thing with like um the saves. It no longer goes to save and like takes you to the home menu. You just save and then you go again, and that's it. So I mean, me personally, I think the changes that they made for the 3DS are better for 3DS. But I mean, if you really want the full like feel of the game, go play like you know the N64, like the Virtual Console version. No, you make up some good points. Uh, I, I think you're right. It, it does suit the 3DS version, but I don't think uh, the 3DS suits Majora all too well. And I can illustrate this very quickly. <laughs> Jake, you've illustrated can... this enough. Uh... <laughs> okay, can you guys hear my game right now? Yeah, I'm playing the game right now. Oh, God, the moon's coming, and I closed it. I closed <laughs> the game. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's gone. The moon isn't a problem anymore. <laughs> See, the thing is, is that um, when you... The whole theme of the original is the treachery of time. And when you can just mm-hmm. close something and put it away in your pocket and your mind, like, at any time you want, then you kind of defeat that central theme. Yeah. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you have to invest yourself into it. You have to sit down and play the game. Well, yeah. I that, that That's kind of the point. The platform isn't suited for that kind of experience. No, it really isn't. Like, I remember one time mm-hmm. um, uh, someone made a comment on... Uh, Zelda Informer? Because people were, like, it was a huge debate. Should it be on 3DS? Should it be on Wii U? And, um, like, when it was announced on 3DS, someone made a comment saying something like, oh, I'm glad it's on the 3DS where it belongs. And, like, I responded. I didn't get snarky, but I was like, does it really belong on the 3DS? Did, in 1999, do they, do they foresee the 3DS 15 years ago and say this is where its home is? No. (laughs) It's, it's not, it's not where it belongs. We're gonna have this 3D handheld device. That's where this game's going to end up I mean, up that's later. like asking someone if... Also, if, reboots. Um, Tons of reboots. W- would you want to have a... What's that game? Uh, like, you know, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, and uh, A Link Between mm-hmm. Worlds. Would you want those in consoles? No, I think they're fine on, you know, the 3DS Exactly. Platform. No, they're, they're totally... Like, a game like Spirit like Spirit Tracks, you need the touchscreen. Like, like, I understand why they remade the games, and I probably would have liked an HD remake for, like, the Wii U more than, you know, the 3DS for the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. But, I mean, uh-huh. like... I like the fact of having them accessible to me, like whenever I can, wherever I go now. You know, I think yeah. I think that's like you know that's fine. But when I really want the real experience of the game, I'll go play it on my Nintendo sixty four. I agree uh, with you. I think like for someone who's already played Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, like especially back in the day on the sixty four, you know, like when it was meant to be played like that. For someone like for people like us, having it on the handheld is, I think it's fine because we've already experienced that. And, you know, we have the memories, we, we know, you know, how it was, how it was meant to be experienced, but for like, you know, a, a 10, 12 year old kid now who's playing it for the first time, uh, they're, they're going to have a different experience because it's on the handheld. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel more disposable. The moon isn't going to be so terrifying. It's just going to be annoying. Yeah. It, you know, again, you can close it and put it in your pocket and open it back you up. You would not understand how annoying it was in one of my last boss battles. It, it literally, I had two minutes to beat the boss and oh my God, that two minutes went by too fast. And I like the Lavera last second, I, I killed him and I started time and everything. I was like, I did it. I was like, God, I hate this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also noticed they've, they've made a game a lot easier in some ways. 
which I'm not totally on board with. Like, um, I think I've said before on the show, and I've bugged Adam about it because I won't stop whining. Uh, every boss fight is now just, uh, the weak points are super obvious and don't require you to really mm-hmm. think about the boss that yeah. you're fighting. You just, yeah. you are shown the big glowy eye in the beginning of the battle and you know that that is your bread and butter. Go to that eye. Find the eye. Max, have you bought the game yet? Uh, yes. Or have you? Okay. Have you played through it? Not at the all? entire <laughs> thing. No, I played through it in. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think the Great Bay Temple. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah, I don't think. I think the only person I know at the site who's beaten it is Al. But other than that, I don't, I don't really know anyone who's beaten. Oh, the Al, game my yet. brother beat it. He 100 percented actually. I, all right, here's oh, another wow. thing. The 3DS version was meant to be 100 percented. Yeah, the bomber's notebook makes that really obvious that you're supposed oh. to be able to uh, keep track of everything. The other better. thing about the bomber's notebook that I found really jarring is the way you get it. This game. Um, because in the original, you mm-hmm. would get it from the kids, uh, which, you know, makes, makes, makes sense. sense. The bomber's But notebook. you get it from the happy mass salesman. And it's really weird the way he does it, too, because he's giving you... <laughs> he's part of the no, club. No, he's giving you his monologue about, <laughs> oh, you gotta save the world, you know, if you don't get me the mass, terrible things will happen. By the way, I found this notebook that, that these local brats must have dropped. Here, you can have it. And then he goes right back to his rant. It's really weird. It was really out of place, and it was really <laughs> yeah. awkward. The world's about to end! Here's a notebook. Write your things down in it. It'll help you keep track of things. You need to save the day in three days! Get out of here, kid. <laughs> Shoot, take a note. Nah, it was just kind of weird. Um, I I think... But improvements I do like, though, because I don't want to entirely mm-hmm. say, you know, negative things. I love the way... Um, okay. So, I, I love how faster your hitting is when you're in Goron and Zora form. Like, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to attack enemies now. And the Deku Scrub it feels a little bit more useful now that you can, like, see where you're going to land. And I noticed that. Uh, that, was, also, that was nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, also, his bubbles, that. That are, was his bubbles are way more accurate now. And that's really yeah. nice. Okay. That was a big... Oh, God. Here's the thing that I found rather annoying, actually, because now I'm like, oh, crap. The camera. I think now, because I, I had some problems where I was in a corner and I would only see, like, you know, the other side and not, you know, what I'm actually supposed to be looking at. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, where's that through. C-stick when I need it? Oh, the C-stick, mm-hmm. um... I heard is... that that really makes it, you know, playing the game a lot easier. But, I mean, I I got through it. I'm still getting through it right now. The I'm C-stick just... is... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I hate the good, way they, they did it, though. But I, I can't... I don't see why they couldn't have just made another circle pad um, for <laughs> all the, the trouble they were going to go through this new console. Yeah. But, whatever. I like it. The nub. It, it, I, it's cool having a third-person camera. Oh, okay, but there is one thing that I really don't like. Uh, one thing amongst all the other things, the Goron doesn't fart anymore. Did did he, did he use the fart? fart? Did you guys not notice that? Okay, he has like a three punt, a three hit combo. He's like two uppercuts, and then like you'll turn around and fart. Did like he? the screen would tremble or tremble, tremble. The screen would tremble like I every time you do tremor that. and I tremble. Just bump into them. No, he put his butt on them and the screen would shake. And it's obvious he was farting, but now huh. he just doesn't fart. <laughs> what does he do for his third attack now? He just hits him with his butt. Okay, okay. So they, they softened it up a bit. So no flatulence, <laughs> but butt play is still there. We cool. still got our, our daily well, dose it's, of butt it's play. Halfway there. It's halfway there. We got on a side note, I, I just listened to Majora's theme, and I know ex- yeah, that it's it's not like a song song. It's like more of just a, a feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's to create an atmosphere, kind of like the fog rolling in. It's like, oh, what's going on now? Yeah, kind of like the, like the forest temple. Like to me, that's mm-hmm. not really a song. It's more of like a an atmosphere that you're in. Oh, but, uh, you talking about the forest temple in yeah. Ocarina of Time? You yeah, guys wanna yeah. you guys wanna yeah. hear something uh, kind of embarrassing about my childhood? Oh Lord, what? Uh, the first is this 
I mean, we've heard a lot of embarrassing things about your childhood. <laughs> this I have an open book. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the first time I went into the Forest Temple, I cried immediately. Whoa. Aww. Uh, the song scared me so much that I cried, and I, oh I, couldn't, my God. I couldn't play the game by myself. I don't it's because it has that, that scared it has that feel, man. I have guards, never yeah. felt that kind of experience with a video game. Well, then again, I was five at the time, but... <laughs> well, yeah, so. when you're when you're five years old, you're so open to that type of stuff, and I think that's why, like, if you're five and you're playing a game for the first time, it's gonna stick with you for the rest. of It your really life. does. Like, I'll still go back to the Force mm-hmm. Temple, and I'll like, I'll like have a little bit of a shiver. It's like, ugh. Yeah, dude. Like, like Redead uh. still freak me out. Um, do you guys remember those little enemies uh, from Majora's Mask? The bows, B O E S, the little mm-hmm. black balls and the white balls. Yeah, those scare the crap out of me. I don't know why they just do. <laughs> like in. I mean, I I get what you're saying because this is I mean this is a lot of talk, but Pokemon when in Pokemon Yellow when I played that for the first time as a child, getting Pikachu, just the overwhelming emotions. I mean, it doesn't it's not much in the game. It's just like which here's Pokemon? A Pokemon Yellow? Yes, it's like here here's a Pikachu and he follows you around and stuff and just like you could go back and see how he feels and just like as a child it's like everything I wanted in life is here. Actually, you know, I kind of felt that when playing like Heart Gold and Soul Silver when they remade them. Because mm-hmm. like they included the your Pokemon follows you again. I was like, oh my god! Yeah, all so all, all, all five hundred at the time. Well, four hundred ninety three. If you're gonna be a stickler in the comments, <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, that was during the generation of that was during the Sinnoh generation. Uh, I yeah, yeah. I was talking to Jeff today, uh, one of the writers on the site, and I compared Pokemon to like you're dating someone, and then every generation is like another part of their their life that they're, they're adding to you. For example, like the first generation is just you're dating them. And then, you know, like Pokemon Blue and stuff is like, all right, you know, you're 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 into them. That's that's why you're dating them. But then the second generation is like you're meeting their immediate family, and it's like I was like, okay, you know, I'm fine with this. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire come around, and it's like, okay, they're cousins. This is a little bit odd, but I guess it's fine. <laughs> and then uh, Diamond and Pearl, it's like you're starting to meet their neighbors and stuff. And I'm like, too much. <laughs> I don't know what everyone's talking about. I love Diamond and Pearl. It really depends on like whether or not you're a Pokemon fan. I mean, I I, it, I I follow them all the way through, but I think Omega and Alpha were my last ones. I I don't have it in me to go up to Generation Seven, and the the <laughs> Bomb Glows region or whatever that's going to be. Wait, it's called Bomb oh, Glows. No, I was being I was being silly. <laughs> they need to name it after another tree. They're going to name it the Palm region. No, they named the professors after trees. Oh, yeah, Professor right. Palm, Professor Palm, can't you see I'm tanning? Oak, Elm, Birch, <laughs> Rowan, Juniper. I forgot the, the French Ivory. guy. <laughs> was it Ivory? Uh, God, what was that guy's name? Oh, Sycamore. He was fabulous. Sycamore. That's all I know. Yeah, he was cool. I liked him. Dude, I just have to say that, like, I, I, I've listened to, like, the fire, the, the forest temple, the shadow temple, and the spirit temple. Oh, shadow <laughs> temple made me cry really also. Good. Yeah, I was about to ask. Okay, so the forest temple made you cry. Did the shadow temple made you cry? And I the shadow temple <laughs> itself made me cry. Um, like I, I don't know if you guys knew this. I was a pretty sensitive kid. <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds like it. You still are a sensitive kid. I am a sensitive guy. And I don't what... hurt my feelings. Aww, but you no, beat I it? could never do that. Did you beat the game when you were that old? Um, I, I okay. So I first started playing the game when I was five. Uh, but I was five, so I was dumb. Um, I didn't end up beating the game till I was seven, I'd say, because Ganon was way too hard for me. I couldn't figure out, oh, you just have to yeah. get his tail. You're not a real Zelda fan, then. <laughs> well, technically, I did beat the game, because I died in the Ganondorf battle, which means that we went to the, the falling timeline. True. So, Ooh. there you go. So you did complete no, I, it. Yeah. I completed it. Congratulations. 
The links of the past the happened way, because of me. Because like welcome, when I was Adam. five, thank when you. I was five. I played games that were like way too hard for me, but mm-hmm. I still loved them because I. Yeah. It, it, it was like diving into the, a pool that was too deep. Like you couldn't, you couldn't like go all the way down because you're too scared or you didn't know how, but you're still in it and it was <laughs> yeah. still awesome. And it was like, you and know, the and the prospect then re- of knowing one day that you might be able to get down there is really exciting. Yeah. Like revisiting for me, a game like uh, the original fantasy star. It was like, uh, like I, I played that and I didn't know. Dude, did you have doing. a, ma- did you have a master system? Yeah. I was a master system. What? Kid. I, didn't, I didn't have an NES. <laughs> I was a Genesis what? kid growing up, so I yeah, that was I, my first console. See, I had a Super Nintendo, no. not a Genesis, so I, I was like the opposite. Oh dang! <laughs> oh, I had man. like the old eight-bit Sega system and the sixteen-bit uh, Nintendo system. So. How was that? Like, I, I know almost nothing about it. That's a weird other transition. Than the, yeah, it had Fantasy. The Fantasy Star is literally the only game I know it was on the Master yeah, System. Yeah, it, it, it was that one. Fantasy Star was probably like my favorite. Miracle Warriors was like a nineteen eighty-six. Uh, uh, JRPG style. I mean, it was, it was like primitive, but it was awesome. It was a lot like Fantasy Star or Final Fantasy VII. Uh, epic freaking music, like you know, battle theme and stuff. It's like etched into my my brain. Again, I never beat that one when I was a kid because I was like five. I love but, those uh, old RPGs. Alex, Alex, uh, the kid was another. Oh one yeah, yeah. That got rebooted on you know uh, Genesis. Um, a Sonic eight bit game came out on Master System that only came out on Master System and uh, eventually Game Gear. Oh, um, Game Gear, I had one. I had a Game Gear. Nice. Oh, man. The I had Sonic game game's board. really good. I had an Atari Lynx as well. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> my, my mom got it for me, and it was like the new thing. And I got an Atari 2600 last <laughs> really? year. See, that was my very oh, I thought first you were... system. <laughs> for some reason, I thought that was like you bragging like, yeah, guys, I'm up to date on all the consoles. I got an Atari 2600 <laughs> last year. It, it was it was a retro Christmas present to actually to my brother. It wasn't even for me, but like you know, I you saw it and you're like, "This that. is mine." I, I have, dude. I have like a copy of ET just like sitting on my wall. Nice. I just Do you really. Yeah, I don't have an Atari, but I got that game because I was like, I want to own a piece of history and poop. God, didn't they find the landfill? Yeah, they did. They they found it. They were like, "Yep, here it is," and they abandoned it. They were like, "All right, whatever." Nobody cares. Are, are they still there? Can we still grab them? If you want one, go to go to New Mexico, man. <laughs> I'll ask AVG and the uh, the, the uh, oldest system that I have right now is probably my Game Boy Pocket. It's a oh, green yeah? Game Boy Pocket, and it still has uh, Pokemon Yellow. Man, tucked those into are it. cool. I like the Game Boy Pockets. I do too. It's such a nice, like, designed console. It feels nice in the hand. It destroys batteries, like yep. no <laughs> other system I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh, you get God. new, like, up, like, modern AAA batteries, and it's like five minutes later, the battery dies. You know that all this talk about handhelds reminds me of something. We've, we've had this conversation before, but we've never really come to an ultimate decision. Is the new 3DS and the... the okay. The new 3DS and the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Were they... Um, was the Game Boy Color... On, like, did it, did, it, did it go up a generation? Or was it on the same generation as the Game Boy Pocket? Or the Game the Boy? The Game like, Boy Color was, I would consider, the next generation. I think so too. Yeah, but then, now I'm looking at the new 3DS and I'm like, did, did this just break rules or something? Well, I think the, the new 3DS is... was yeah, the new 3DS was a lot like the the, the, the Game Boy SP, where it was like you know it was uh-huh. it, it was unnecessary, the same, but it was but, cool. But it had some, it had a few extra features that you know made people buy it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's more related to the um, what is it the game? It was the Game Boy Micro that came out. Yeah, that Micro, thing, I have yeah, one. I, was, right after. I never even knew that existed until a few years ago. 
Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was after the SP. My friend had it for a while. I was like, why would it's, you get that? Like, the DS literally came out, like, maybe a few months before the You know, micro. it's funny because yeah, those no features sense. that you see on those systems are playing into the 3DS now. Like, the, the, the SP was kind of a sign as to where they wanted to go with the closable console screen, you know. The, mm-hmm. the flap design with the sleep mode, that didn't come out until the uh, the DS was a thing. And they tried. You know, the, uh, I just realized the, it, it's like the DS. Yeah. Yep. It's the D, the DS, the DS Lite, and, then and the, the DS uh, micro game, Game Boy Micro had the removable faceplates, uh, which is something that you're seeing on the new 3DS, not XL. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, which oh, is why yeah, we're all bummed because you can't get these cool faceplates, which is the problem with the original 3DS because the, there were so many cool 3DSs coming out like every month that you just felt sad that you didn't have all of them. Dude, I'm so happy I managed to get the Majora 3DS. Oh, you got and it. I'm not microwaving. Nice. Them. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> oh, microwaving. Jake, you got it. Yeah, I did. Oh, dude, I hate you. You know who else got it, Chris? Uh, Brett. Oh, Cassie. Cassie got one too? Yeah, didn't you see her on Facebook? I did not. Cassie's a level designer. Yeah, she designed a game called Electronic Super Joy. Go look at it. It's fun. Yeah, I just so. want to get the Xenoblade one. I, I, they're probably not even making one, but that's that's the one I want. No, there is oh, one. Will. Is there really? Yes, I just saw the one from the UK. I don't know if this is a fan made one or the official one, but I saw a picture of one that was like red and it had the Xenoblade. All right, that's oh, the one I'm getting. I saw a bunch of I saw a bunch of Monster Hunter ones in like uh, GameStop the other day. I like I'm talking about a bunch. The Monster Hunter one, like them? Yeah, really, that one's really nice. Yeah, yeah I, I like that one. Better. I'm like, is that is that not as popular? No, it's not near as sought after as the Zelda yeah. one. And then again, mm. Monster Hunter is a niche sort of game to begin with, but like niche. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I it's I just I, like your it's not, I, I huge in Asia. Yeah, but not here. Here to find people that play Monster Hunter, it's kind of it's only recently become more popular. They're called the Game Grumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, <laughs> game tell me about it. They're, they're the ones that like like ranted and ranted about how awesome. Like when I, when I went and visited like a. Them for the first time, like when I was at E3, all they talk, all they were doing was talking about Monster Hunter, and like uh, we went to a shop, uh, like some shop off the like right next to the E3 building, and they were just mm-hmm. they found these Monster Hunter like um, figures and costumes and stuff, and dude, they were like mm-hmm. nerding out, <laughs> and like you know, I, I stayed in Monster's house, and they just released the latest season of Hunting Monsters. Uh, I think episode, the first couple episodes are out. Yeah, yeah, on Polaris. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that doesn't yeah, surprise I, me. They're super I, into it, and, and honestly, like it's, it's it's a great series. It's a great game, but um, I, I and it's I, not for everyone. I, I played uh, I played the first Monster Hunter a little bit, you know, but uh, outside of that, I I'd kind of forgotten about it until um until I went there and they were all playing it, and um, I realized that then, you know, that was that was almost two years ago that um there are still a lot of people that really love that game, but it's just mm-hmm. it's it, it, but it's it's huge in the East, and here it's kind of like. I don't know. For me, it's People like say, like World of Warcraft, right? It's huge mm-hmm. in the West, but it's not huge uh, like uh, in Japan at yeah. all. Like, it's but like in Japan, Dota. it's like Monster Hunter is massive, but um, mm-hmm. but but they don't care about World of Warcraft. Well, another game that's really popular in Japan that's not so popular here is uh, Persona. Yeah, Persona, which yeah. is a big series over there. Uh, but like my experience with Monster Hunter really comes down to Monster Hunter Three. I played thanks to my friend Jeff. He lent me a copy of the I think Ultimate. And I played through that a bit, and I played through some friends who also had in the area. I, had a, I was in a party of four, which is kind of fun, you know, all going together after one monster screaming at each other. It's, it's a, it's a nightmare, but the good kind of nightmare. That's the reason why I like uh, Four Sword Adventures for the GameCube. 
because you get to play with three friends. Yeah, and see, you get to all yell four at each other. swords in Monster Hunter. It's like the same concept. If you, if you have friends that are all playing the same game mm-hmm. and you can link up, oh my gosh, it makes it the best thing ever. Like, yeah, I bought Monster Hunter three. Because I, I stayed at Ross's house and like they were playing it so much, and I and I got it here, and, and then no one around me, none of my friends Aww. have ever played Monster Hunter. No one around me plays Monster Hunter. Do you still have Monster Monster Hunter Three? Yeah, I still have it, and I haven't loaded it in my 3DS for uh man over a year now. And we should play I, and it. And it's just sad. Well, the thing is, Monster Hunter Four is out now, and now oh, you can yeah. play online on the 3DS, which is mm-hmm. something that I couldn't do on the on Aww. Three Ultimate. And uh, so, but I haven't got. But you it can't yet. do online on on three ultimate. Only if you hook up to a Wii U. Wow. So that's that's the catch. Oh, that's, oh dang that's it! That's yeah. <laughs> And that's 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 what kept me from playing three, honestly, because like heck, I even like loaded up a Twitch stream with three and was like playing, it, and I realized I couldn't play with anyone uh, unless oh. they were like next to me, you know, through local play, and it was and it was just like nice. ah, I'm fighting a monster by myself. It, it felt <laughs> a lot like um, I don't know, playing like almost like an MMO by myself. Like uh, you know, that's creepy, and it's just like like I would have never <laughs> yeah, played a great yeah, concept for a game. I would have never played EverQuest or WoW like by myself like for for longer mm-hmm. than no, two weeks. No, that's why I stopped playing Destiny after like two minutes because I was like, well, I'm shooting aliens by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm done. You gotta I have like nice- <laughs> a guild or like a group of friends or something, you yeah. know, because it's that 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 experience you get. I, then maybe I, I played Knights of the Old Republic be by myself harder. for a while, and I I love Knights of the Old Republic a lot, but I just couldn't bear how boring it was not having a, a group of people to play it with no one to talk to about it you mean yeah, the old republic the yeah. mmo mm-hmm. i i made the argument before on the show that like with mmos uh if they have the power to be a single player experience and they should do it better because you can beat destiny all by yourself and you can do all that but it, the games as much as whether i like it or not a lot of mmo not a lot mmos are designed around multiplayer so mm-hmm. if you don't have people to play them with then what's what are you doing yeah they're basically social networks with a game wrapped around them some games punish you for trying to go solo, like Guild Wars. If you try to play Guild Wars as a single player, you will never get past level oh, five. Yeah, or Final something. Fantasy yeah. XI was the same way. You had to group up to progress in the game, or you're like, or you're just gonna be sitting there killing rabbits all day. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think... you want to fight these monsters, you need at least like a healer, a tank, and things like that. You need to yeah. have people like doing certain classes. And I think that's why, like, I mean, on, as an aside, World of Warcraft, it, it, you know, it's like it's kind of tanked for me because you can do everything by yourself. Except for the ultimate in-game stuff, so it's like I'll play WoW for two or three weeks, and uh, you know, but I'll have never, I'll, I'll have no, absolutely no reason to group mm-hmm. up with anyone, and because of that, it won't hold my interest for more than two weeks. It's a lot like yeah. Skyrim, where I'll play Skyrim and have a blast or Oblivion for a week or two, but after that, it's like, well, I'm all alone. I've I've ventured through the world. All right, bye. Oh yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That crushing loneliness when you realize what like what you're doing when you're playing an Elder Scrolls game. It's like, <laughs> what do I do now? Oh yeah. I've done everything. Whereas, like, a Zelda game, you know, back on topic, is, like, you play a Zelda game and you, like, experience a story mm-hmm. by yourself. And then it ends, you're like, ah. Oh. It's, it's, like, a bittersweet feeling. But Link Skyrim, Between Worlds was that perfect level of just, like, fast, not too difficult, and just, like, a rush the entire time. Yeah, dude. I love Link Between Worlds. I thought I thought it was a great game. I, I, I love being back into that world of, of a Link to the Past, which is, I, I've, I've said before, I think a Link to the Past is my favorite game ever. <gasps> okay, I'm oh, sorry, okay. Jake, but I I no. think I love uh, Max a little bit more than you right Max, now because that just, is my favorite. I like that game going. too. God, <laughs> I'm such a retro Zelda fan. Like I do not like the 3D ones, and I know that's kind of terrible. Uh, people yell at me for it, but I think the 3D God, ones are good. Adam. I just mm-hmm. I, I would much rather load up Link to the Past any day, or like or like Link's Awakening. Man, like mm-hmm. those games have a feel for me that is so different. And Mr. McGroove, th- can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you think of the highly controversial Zelda title, Skyward Sword? 
okay, I have okay. never <laughs> played past the first hour of Skyward Sword. So oh, I, I literally have no opinion on it. I, all I know is what my brother has told me. Uh, I, I had a big conversation with Barry about it, uh, uh, the game group's editor about it. And, and, and like, mm-hmm. I've only talked to people about it. And I've, I've listened to the soundtrack, but um, in, in, in heck, Twilight Princess, I only beat about, I think, two or three years ago. Um, oh, really? It was another one of those games I just never played because I, I was out of console. The, I was out of the console loop, but I, I love Twilight Princess. I, th- I thought it was great. I thought it was just like kind of like a, a pfft, like a better, not a better version, but like a more modern version of uh, the system that Ocarina had. You know, like yeah, Zelda yeah. and more refined stuff. I freaking loved Midna. I already said that. But um, Skyward Sword, um, my brother bought it, and uh, I didn't have I didn't have a Wii at the time. And uh, I was just going to let him play it and tell me uh, what he thought about it, but he didn't play it for years. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> then he eventually beat it and told me uh, told me what he thought about it, and he loved it. He thought it was great. And uh, I, I asked him, I was like, okay, so these people I've talked to have said this about it. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And he, he looked at me straight, and he was like, well, okay, that's true, but... It's still a Zelda game, and it's still really yeah. well done, and I still you know, like I think it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with that. I think you really need to play a game for yourself to really decide like whether a game's good yeah. or not. Yeah, it's it's unfair. Well, by all, by all means, you can look at a game and like form your preliminary opinions of it, but right. you, know, you can't give a thorough analysis of a game you've never played. I was interested in playing Skyward Sword, and I mean, I heard great things uh, from my friend Stan. He said it was his favorite Zelda game ever, and uh, like I was really looking forward to trying it out, and then I played probably two hours of it with my friend Jeff. He sat me down and made me play it. And everything about the motion controls made sense because I was having all the problems. I was one of the unlucky ones that did not have the good controls going for them. Hmm. Because I think that was a lot of people's problem was just the fact that you couldn't really seem to get a grasp of things. it's, It's not that I had difficulty with them. It's when the game tried to get really difficult about them. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. there was these enemies who had electric shields, and they would keep moving them in, in certain positions, and you would have to, like, hit where their shield wasn't. But with yeah. the electric shields, if you screw up, you're going to get zapped, because electric and steel. Mm-hmm. And, and it got really annoying, because they would move so fast, and it's like, hold on, I'm trying to, I'm getting the hold of this, this technology you're forcing <laughs> I'm trying to face. aim the sword right again, so I can start <laughs> swinging. <laughs> you know, so think... it, did, it, wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but it did do a lot of things I, I enjoy. Just... Hold on one second, though. You said Bar- – what did Barry have to say about it? Uh, Barry absolutely loved Groose. That was the number one thing. <laughs> um, Everyone loves Groose. And, um, I don't get it. Uh, he also said it was very linear, you know, and, and uh, the linear mm-hmm. part was uh, bittersweet because, you know – and for me, honestly, like, for if I think about Zelda, I think about the old ones, like the very first Zelda. I think about Link to the mm-hmm. Past, Link's Awakening, where you had this open world to explore – and it's just mm-hmm. open to you, and like, um, so but you have a story, it, but yeah, but there's a story as well. And we're at, we're a Skyward Sword, you know, me having just I've only played like the very first hour of the game, I've never experienced that. So, in, in hearing that it's very linear, uh, you know, ha- honestly, it has made me not want to play it as much. I still want to play it, and I still need to play it. And I told myself I would play it before Zelda U comes out, but I haven't okay. got around to it yet. You know, and, I think it's the fact that I don't have a uh. A motion control controller is why I don't get even to think about playing the game. A little add-on that you put on your uh, your Wii mode. Yeah, I never uh, I never got with that. Plus. I thought that so was that's, dumb. Is that required? Is that required? Uh, for, for Skyward Sword, yes. Okay, I think so. Um, it's it is a big improvement. Like it's a noticeable change. Uh, I mean, I, but it I is bet, kind of I annoying. I bet it improves, but I mean, like just the fact that you needed it, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of annoying to try and get one. Like sometimes you'll be like, you'll go to a friend's house, the Wii mode, and you'll be like, okay, can we play this game? It's like, do you have the adapter? And it's like, 
No. Mm. And so you, it's basically like you have nothing. Yeah. You, you don't even have a controller. Uh, that's a problem with a lot of people, the add-ons. Like, I know a lot of my friends refuse to buy the GameCube adapter for Smash 4. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, that's like half, worth half as much as a controller. I'm not mm-hmm. paying for that. Um, but that reminded me of something. Uh, uh, one of our last fan topics this week that I wanted to discuss uh, from a fan named Austin. He, he writes... The Oracle games were my first Zelda games, the first video games I owned, in fact, and The Wind Waker was my first console game, so side quests and trading quests have been always part of my Zelda experience, and I think they have become staples in the series. We've been hearing things about Zelda U more, about more open world with the great possibility of even more side quests. How does everyone feel about this? In the past, we've been rewarded for completing these quests with a variety of items, information, and skills. What are the new rewards, tangible or otherwise, you would like to see in the upcoming game? I think it's interesting because we've already been talking about the idea of, like, you know, openness in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Which is an idea that a lot of people get on. I mean, A Link Between Worlds uh, discusses a lot of these things in particular with the idea of, you know, you have an open world and you can choose to do the dungeons in any order you want and the items aren't in the dungeons. You have to go and, you know, get them from a, a an item shop. Yeah. You can rent them out or you can buy them and you can upgrade them even. I think it's a um, great system. I loved it. I adore it. I honestly, because... I hated it at first because I was like, "What? This is not. No, this is not like Link to the Past." You know, like that was my first reaction. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as, as I played through the game, it's like, you know, having these options makes it to where, like, you know, everyone's playthrough this game is going to be different. Isn't, you know, every... isn't that like the original Zelda? Like, you can go through any dungeon, or just like it's very it's somewhat close, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah I, I and honestly I like that. I that it, mm-hmm. it's like uh when I he, when I heard, you know, like the creator of Zelda saying himself that like, you know, he, Zelda was inspired out of like his childhood uh you know, exploring uh, caves, the trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just exploring like caves and like out in the, out in the wilderness and stuff and just what like child finding explores caves out in the wilderness. Kids that live Apparently. near epic places that I didn't yeah. live near. <laughs> I mean, we live in Florida, so it's just exploring the swamps with the alligators and death. Yeah, and yeah. I'm in like Oklahoma, so, where it's like yeah. flat land farms. <laughs> you can no explore a tornado. <laughs> explore tornado. I explored damage. a field today. Yeah, it's just there was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I explored creeks. That's what we had. That was our mysterious place where you. Oh, find... like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, I'd, I'd like go in there barefoot, which is oh, stupid because there's like copperhead snakes, <laughs> but I would catch oh, like God. crawfish. Or crawdads, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> and I thought they were awesome and like tadpoles and stuff. See that that was my like adventure as a kid. I feel like that's like a that's like you're one you're one of the last generations. And then to you really picked up sticks that. and you picked up rocks and you threw them on the floor and then they would you'd imagine smoke up here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? It's like that's you know the... like Dooku sticks and like you you know the Dooku nuts. You oh, throw them. okay, oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was huh. confused. On I that. was making a Zelda joke. <laughs> yeah, round, round uh, of applause. But it's interesting. You're it's kind of one of the last generations. I think would be yours, uh, Max, because you know a lot of people, like, a lot of kids nowadays that that would n- their parents wouldn't allow them to do those sort of things. Maybe they'll let them go outside, but they're not going to let them go into the woods. I think you've kind of got to live on the edge of the country. Like I, I grew up like on in a suburb of Oklahoma City where like mm-hmm. there's farmland out on the edge, and my neighborhood was kind of on the edge, and there was a creek out like on on uh, near like the cow pastures where there was just mm-hmm. nothing. You know, it was like a park and then a creek, and my parents felt safe. You know, for me to ride my bike down there and like go explore in the creek, and uh, you know, and there wasn't like a whole lot of woods. The woods was like the park with trees, mm-hmm. but that that was where like I let my imagination run wild and like you know find stuff. And you know, do you think the uh, the fact that you were like as a child you were able to explore nature and things like that really made you kind of have a love for Zelda and things oh, dude, like that? It, explore more there, there really worlds. is a direct connection between like childhood imagination and exploring mm-hmm. and video games because yeah. video games. Yeah. They're happening on a screen, right? But it's really all happening in your head. 
those pixels mm-hmm. are creating like memories for you because you're putting two and two together. You know, you're putting this imaginary world into your head, creating a real world out of it, which, you know, the, um, at, the game doesn't create the emotions that you get from it yeah. or the feeling that your skin crawling when you're like in a very yeah, that's dark, that's all happening in place. your head. And because mm-hmm. of that, it's a, it's like a subject, subjective experience. Like if you set your grandfather it's down, nice. it's yeah, nice. we well, like I think it. it's, well, that's, that's why I think it's really powerful as a kid to play video games because kids still have that like ripe, open imagination. And, you know, if you mm-hmm. think about it, like the, whenever you were young, those games that you played were powerful. Whereas if you mm-hmm. sit down and play a game now, you know, like, uh, like, Whenever your twenties or thirties, or like say if you if you set your grandfather down right, uh, right mm-hmm. when the, the original Zelda came out and he starts playing it, he may just like you know his imagination may be completely closed up from an entire life of like hardship and just stuff, and he he won't have any fun with it because in his head that's not happening. But you know if you're five and you open up Zelda and you start running around, it's real, it's open. You know you're a young human and you know you, you'll be fifty someday. We're calling like those a, memories. You're not like a cat or anything. You know you mm-hmm. got to be human. Oh, well, exactly. Yeah, you know, my cat sees me Wait. play video games and he doesn't care. <laughs> you think he shares the memories with you? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm looking. He's, he's literally sleeping on my desk right now. And you, know, you just you wake up one night, you hear the TV on, you walk out, and you see Charles just like playing with a controller. He's playing the game. And you're like, what are you Charles has watched a lot of like anime with me. He's he's watched me play a lot of video games, and I've always wondered if if is if Charles he... a weeaboo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I always wonder. Does does he absorb any of this? Does this mean what, anything? What are his thoughts on it? What are the cat's thoughts on Attack on Titan? <laughs> he he's watched that with me, and I have no idea. He watched Hunter Hunter with me. Uh, Full it's Metal so cool, You should give him a red scarf if you know oh. obscure anime at all. Yes. Yeah. I just like yeah. how you include him in a lot of your videos. I think it's really funny. Oh, he he just he's just the uh, he's just he's a part like of the a, gang. He's a part of everything around here. He's the he's he's the McGroove and Smooth. He really, he's he's a lot smoother than I am. With All his right, well, fur. you know, he can be the smooth and the groove. So 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 smooth. Yeah. Can I can I call you smooth? Can I call you Mister McGroove? Because I I don't know that that sounds really sexy to me. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Mister McGroove, I love the sir. Voice. I have a question for you. All right. <laughs> what would you say? Actually, I have two questions. They're semi unrelated. <laughs> First one: What is your favorite game soundtrack? Uh, slash video game composer. Hmm. Grand well, Kirkhope. it's it's kind of co- it's kind of colored because again, you know, when I was a kid, like the the games that made the most impact on me, uh, it's 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 like a it's like a throw up like uh, or a tie between like Link to the Past soundtrack, um, Ocarina of Time soundtrack, and Final Fantasy VII. Okay, like, those I can pretty much put on at any time and just be extremely pumped, um, just all the way through. And um, composer. I think Nobuo, there's something extremely special about him and the way he wrote music. I think I think he's literally like touched by by a higher power. You know I mean, what's crazy about Nobuo? What he apparently wanted and like still kind of wants to like be a professional wrestler. Like That's that was his dream in life. Awesome and hilarious, <laughs> and I don't even. You know, he's gonna have the best theme song of any wrestler. <laughs> he's gonna write his own theme ever song. Seen. That was his be dream. The... Like he still watches it like every week. <laughs> see, that's great. That, that see, the thing is, that's probably related to his childhood, man. That's probably like yeah, what he yeah. dreamt about as a child, and now he's like older, and he's like, I want to make this happen now. You know, I never. I think really that might be why until recently. I, I had a son. I had to sit down with a friend. He explained to me like, like piece by piece, what wrestling is. Because I, I was always under- I don't know what wrestling is at all. It's a fantasy <laughs> world, man. It's it's literally you buy in. You have to buy into it. You yeah. have to buy into the fact. It's like a soap opera. Yes, it is. Buy into the characters. That is what we came to the conclusion of. It's like a novella soap opera type of thing with yeah. really bad writing. Like 
Well, I don't know how I don't know how many of the wrestlers are Vince McMahon's son, but apparently all of them are. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you, you got to buy into it. You got you got to make it. You know, like like it's got to be like your fantasy world. But the thing is, mm-hmm. for my friends that like were into it when I was growing up, dude, they were into it. Yeah, they I was like too, 100%. man. Percent. Okay, so 14, you're yeah. Fi- yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Like, you guys want to hear something else embarrassing about me? Oh what? God, Jake. <laughs> It's just it's just so, the confession hour with Jake. Uh, so like, um, I think I've told Adam before that I wrestled in high school. Uh, that yeah, was kind you of mentioned this once. Oh yeah, you showed there... us those photos. Oh god, yeah, I was wearing like purple spandex. Uh, anyways, nice. wonderful. That was our school color, and it, it was like it, was, it had like waves on. It. it was really interesting. But the reason I wrestled is because I wanted to be a wrestler when I was older. Aww. I think that's pretty common. I, a lot of a lot of the kids that oh, were like wrestlers god. when I was in eighth grade, man, they. They were into, you know, NW, NWO and all that stuff, man. I think oh, there's a God. big difference between high school wrestling and real wrestling, though. There is. Like, oh, there's a tremendous <laughs> difference. Like, like one of them is real. wrestling is like, you know, you, you need to take down the person. But, like, in mm-hmm. real wrestling, it's like, oh, we're going to write you in over here and you're going to do this. Did but, you say real wrestling? I mean. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say that around wrestling fans. They they don't like that. I'm sorry. I mean everything you see on screen. It's, I remember you know, it's crazy because half the internet is a wrestling fan. It's not even funny. Is I think yeah, it's so weird. I'm like I I feel like such it's such a minority when it comes to that. Like people are like oh yeah WrestleMania. I'm like I don't know what you're talking about. Adam, we're a part of that minority. <laughs> it's very sad. I stopped like watching it after because um, I'd always known it was fake even when I was really into it. But I stopped mm-hmm. watching. I saw this like YouTube tell all where like a bunch of like wrestlers were wearing masks like they were they were legit people but they wanted to hide their identities they showed you how they fake everything and like hmm. when i saw that there's a I movie about it, it i've seen it's like a documentary i remember what it's called but it's a really good one the where story they like, of the rock a dwayne johnson was it story. was it the mickey rourke movie i think so oh that mickey uh, rourke the, one that was an actual like movie movie though yeah it was. that was that was dark dude let me see if it was mickey rourke that was that was, it was a mickey dark rourke. movie man oh that, man yeah ooh. Oh, and my other question. What? Yeah, it was the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking it was really wrestling. cool because, like, he's going to, like, basically, like, a home, a, a home improvement store and he's buying things to use in the fight that he's going to have, like, yeah. a week later. And he's, like, shooting up steroids to try to stay, like, relevant and strong. Oh, that was such a dark movie. He's man. cutting his own face up in glass and things like that. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy. So, my other question. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm speaking hyperbole here when I say you're probably. Adam, is, he is the biggest guest we've had on the show, yes? Yeah, right now at this point, yeah. Yes, and forever because he's amazing. You are the best. <laughs> Aww. Um, so my question is, uh, with someone with, with so much success, what was it like starting up like, and getting to where you are now? Like, what, Tell us the story. Tell us the story of Smooth McGroove. Uh, starting, it was just like music, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've always been into music. I, I was a drummer like growing up, studied drums and stuff. That's like what I did was like, I, I played drums, I skateboarded. And I played Zelda and Final Fantasy and Diablo and Starcraft. You're a skater kid. Uh, I was. I will say this: I pl- I skateboarded before Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out. Where, Ooh, dude. We're like, oh, you're just like the super indie skater. Well, it was like <laughs> it was like back when uh, skaters or skateboarders were looked were not cool. Like, like I was, oh. we, we were seen as like very fringe and very like no one. Um, like if you wore like uh, skateboarding clothes or shoes, you were kind like, of looked down upon by a lot of people. Kind of like misfits, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, very misfitish. But we 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 had fun together, and it was very um much that. But anyways, um, so I played drums, skateboarded, and played video games, right? And a lot of my friends that skateboarded with me didn't play video games, 
And so I always felt like the nerd of the group, right? Because I would go play like mm-hmm. Diablo or something and they would all like <laughs> go and I don't know. Like they, Did you ever play Neverwinter Nights? Uh, I only played that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I had already started playing Diablo and oh, okay. uh, one of my friends was playing Neverwinter Nights and like Icewind Dale and those games. And I've watched mm-hmm. him play those and they, they looked awesome, but I was just so into Diablo and especially when Diablo 2 came out. Ugh, that oh, like yeah. consumed my life. But anyways, um, I was always into music and um, I always thought I'd be a drummer in a band. That's That's what I thought I would be. Even, uh, even up until like five years ago. I, um, but anyways, like, you know, life went on, you know, go to college and stuff and realize mm-hmm. that music major is not what I want to be. I don't want to be a band teacher. So I kind of got depressed and just stopped going to school. And I taught drum oh. lessons and played a lot of video games. Uh, I fell <laughs> out of console games and got really just into like online PC games like WoW, StarCraft, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, But I, I still had a passion for music. And um, it was in 2011 and 2012 when I got together with a friend or two, and uh, we started coming up with an idea of making a video game. Um, my friend, um, his name is on the internet, is Al Kaiser. He is a good pixel artist and a really good artist in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's now known as like the world first Paragon 100 in Diablo 3, and he's a Twitch streamer now because he's like literally like the Bruce Lee of video games. He's freaking amazing. All right. But he's a really good artist. Put his links in below. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> Hey, that's uh, that's what he do does that. now. But he's he's an awesome guy. But he's an artist. Um, we were coming up with this idea for a game. He had already started like uh, kind of parsing a, a game on like RPG Maker of like with mm-hmm. with his art and stuff. His brother is um, a very big idea guy. Like he's he can come up with game system ideas, like combat system, skill systems. I mean, just really really smart, talented at that. <clears throat> I can do music. Um, and uh, so we started this little thing where we we're gonna start this game. And uh, we got one of my friends who's a programmer into it, and we started it. And I was awesome. so excited because I was like, I've never been a part of it, like something like this where I'm actually creating music for a project outside of just like being in a band, which I was in a lot of bands. But it's not mm-hmm. the same. Like I was actually creating music for this project. So I wrote a few songs, mm-hmm. and um, I was so pumped because it was like, man, I'm like creating music for this game that's going to be – it's going to exist someday. Yeah. And um, long story short, the game kind of fell apart. The programmer lost interest. Um, oh, that uh, sucks. you know, the rest of the people kind of parted ways. Um, mm-hmm. and I was still like amped up about writing music and I was kind of bummed, but I still wanted to keep doing music. So I like made myself continue writing. And, uh, within a few months, uh, I started writing even different stuff. I, I stopped writing video game oriented stuff and I just started like playing my drums and guitar and bass and like singing and literally like rapping goofy songs. And a, a few of them ended up going on my YouTube channel when I first posted them. And they're just goofy, whatever songs, but it, I was having fun doing it at the time. And that's what Smooth McGroove came out of. It was just a silly name as an <laughs> that's alias. That's the best name. And, I was, and, and, and my thing was I was never going to show my face. I never wanted to show my face. I was just yeah. going to put out music and be anonymous. But, but your face um, is funny because you have such an expressive face. Yeah, but that's the funny thing. It's like Very I, hairy. I, I definitely <laughs> do have a beard and uh, you know, beard. long hair. What was the last time you shaved? 2011. Oh, oh wow! Man. Early 2011. Respect. Do you yeah. think you'd ever shave it off for like a dare or anything major? Uh, not for anything that that doesn't. It, it had to. It would have to mean something because I don't like shaving. I never like shaving. Charles learns to speak. The first thing he says is shave. Wow! I would. Well, <laughs> well we would have a conversation <laughs> because I'd be like, first of all, you're talking to me. Wow. <laughs> Second of all, why? Why? You shave. No, you shave, Charles. <laughs> you shave you first, first. Charles. You're a lot more. He's, he, he, I mean, he's like a foot from me. He's covered in hair. There's not a piece of his body that doesn't have hair. 
<laughs> he needs to shave more than I do. What a hypocrite. Oh, Anyways, man. what was what a hippocat? What was I talking about? Oh yeah, and then I added creative block while I was writing because you know creating original music is just like cre- creating any original art. You can get hit with writer's block, aka doubt, like instantly, anytime. And so yeah, I, I was sitting there with like you know creative block, doubt, self doubt, and um, I came up with this idea where I was just I just felt like covering a video game song, but I didn't want to do it with my bass, drums, guitar, and vocals like I normally do. Uh, and I was like, dude, what if I just did it with my voice? That would be very limiting. And, you know, because, like, um, limiting is almost like it breeds creativity itself. Like, if you're, like, the old NES cartridges, you know, the, the co- those composers, yeah. they were so limited. And, you know, they created some of the most amazing stuff. So I thought, man, if I just, you know, like, did Zelda's lullaby with my voice, that would be an awesome, fun project. And so I did it. And uh, after listening to all the tracks come together, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was really fun. And that was I want to do that again. And the thing is, if, if you watch my original Zelda's Lullaby video, it's embarrassing because my expressive face wasn't there. I was literally in project mode where I was just like singing at the camera with no expression, no emotion, because I was still in that like... That was years of, ago. <clears throat> that was ex- almost exactly two years ago. Oh, yeah. wow. It oh, was, wow. Uh, I say it like it's forever. But I mean, when I think about it, yeah, it only was two years it ago. Was, but I mean, like, oh, that's, it, a, that's all right for a start, though. Yeah. yeah, and and you know I listened to it. If and you I, ever listen to the first episode of this podcast, it's it's a nightmare. Oh <laughs> man, well that's how it is, dude. Like the early iterations of anything, you know, like I mean, go listen to, like worst. early Metallica, man. You know, it's rough. <laughs> you know, or any any band that you like. But but anyways, like um, I, so that's that's how I started, and then uh, I, I I did Zelda's Lullaby first, and the second one I did was the uh, Ocarina of Time title theme, mm-hmm. and uh, I had more fun with that. If you see me in that one, I actually I'm putting on my goofy hats, I'm goofing off. You know, mm-hmm. but the quality still wasn't there, and I knew that I could get better and better, and so I just kept doing them, and uh, I stuck with Zelda for a long time. Uh, Which and... was the first one that really made it, like you know, out there? Oh well, um, man, the first one that actually, the first one I remember getting a comment that meant something to me was was Genova. I still only had like ninety subscribers, but I remember yeah. someone saying like, "Wow, it it's great to see someone making something that they're taking the time to make it sound awesome," and I was like, "Wow." That's awesome. That's, so this guy like, like yeah. gets it, or <laughs> this guy understands how much work <laughs> I put into this. I, and, I really get that feeling because like myself and a couple of friends, my uh, my friends Billy, Greg, and Devin, we all have like a, a gaming channel called Me Cake Productions, and we're still really small at the moment. We're only at like 125 subscribers right now, and so the only comments we're getting are just like from a few people. But I mean, like the things that they say are just you know they're really heartwarming, and it kind of oh, makes dude. us want to go into yeah. more. That's what kept Fan. me going, man. Like mm-hmm. early on when I had like 50 subscribers, 60 subscribers is when I, when people would comment on those videos, those few people and they would say positive things. It was like, it means so much. I mean, yeah, even yeah. now, like I'll, I'll read my comments and First. the positive comments. Well, yeah, I mean, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that, that used to not happen, but yeah. now, now it happens. But anyways, you know, you get these positive comments and it's like, man, that's yeah. feedback from the outside world. These are like, these are other people that are listening to something that you made no matter what it is whether it's you know gaming footage music uh you know deviant mm-hmm. art that you're putting out and people are commenting on it like i mean it, it means so much and that's what kept me going and but the but the first video that i put out that actually had any exposure was ironically um a zelda song it was song of storms and i'll never forget it was whoa it was exactly two years ago it was 2 26 2013 Oh my Whoa. god! Happy anniversary! And it was almost oh, exactly at the time shit. that we're talking. Like it was, it was early evening, and I was on, I was oh on voice god. chat exactly two years ago uh, with like my <laughs> brother Al Kaiser, the guy I was talking about, um, some other people, and um, my uh, Gmail blew up, 
Like I got like 26 notifications. Like what? Oh, these are all subscriber notifications on my channel. Huh? Maybe, maybe Google's like, de- you know, delayed or something. And then, um, Dude, it happened. Awesome. And so I, I marked them all as red and then it happened again a minute later. And I was like, wait, what? And, um, <laughs> and I told my brother and I told my buddy and they were like, what? And so they, we, we get online and we start searching and I, we couldn't find anything. And, um, then my brother sends me, uh, a message and he's like, He's like, dude, the Legend of Zelda official Facebook page shared your Song of Storms. I'm like, what? And so I go to their page, and it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, they had shared my Song of Storms. God. And it had all these shares and likes and stuff, and then that that was it. That that was, like, the beginning. And it mm-hmm. freaked me out, like, in a, in a really uh, good way. Like, uh, that's, you know. That's, you know it's stories like those, they're kind of incredible stories. Like, Amazing. you don't know how they happen. They just they just do. It's yeah, like, yeah, just, oh, it happened. Cause I, and, and the funny thing is, when I was recording Song of Storms, I was so like inspired because I wanted to make that song sound as good as possible. And um, in and fact, you did a great job at it, dude. Like that is actually one of my favorite songs of yours as well. I mean, I, I go back mm-hmm. and listen to it, and I and I hear things that I could have done better, right? Because oh, you'll mm-hmm. you'll always do that, yeah. man. But you like the lead vocal, that. like the lead one, dude. Like I, I I still go back and listen to that, and I'm like, man, like like that's one of the ones that I nailed. Like Maybe I remember Redux nailing that. Like, uh, like first, like first try even, you know, and that doesn't happen that often where like, I'll have to go redo a track or redo a track or maybe splice together two lead tracks because, you know, both of them are good, but good in different places. But that one was just like, uh, on. And and I think it's just like, if you put out anything that you put that much work into and that much inspiration to, it's going to affect other people, Mm -hmm. you know, and and even if it's a small group of people, it's that feeling, you know, any, any single fan email, fan letter, any sort of sort of appreciation for what you do is like the most gratifying feeling ever it replaces everything like i've told jake and chris the stuff that i've gotten in the emails has like put me in tears just how sweet and how nice it is to know that i'm doing something that makes people happy yeah Yeah. like that that even even in in like my position where i'm I'm like a number two here like I'll, i'll come on whenever adam needs me but, like, one guy, this one time, I wasn't on an episode, I was reading the comments, and some guy was like, to be honest, I'm kind of disappointed Jake wasn't here, but it was still a good episode. And Aww. I was like... There you Jake, go, man. Jake, this is there why you go. get a Twitter, because I got... we yeah. Adam and I have been getting followers from people who listen to the podcast now, and, like, we'll get tweets from random people. And, be <laughs> and like, then they realize that I'm really not funny yeah. about you guys here, <laughs> and then they leave. I mean, I've, I've, I'm, I'm planning on starting a YouTube channel to, like, do game reviews and stuff. Like, I, I really want to do that this year, but I'm so, like ball-wrenchingly nervous about it, you know? Honestly, do it's, it. It's, have you ever seen the difficult. first JonTron video? Oh, I've oh, seen man. it, and it's really not even that bad. Like, it's he did pretty it's, good. Right, it's it's not that bad. But I mean, I mean everyone's first is always never going to be their best. Which um, is but... a great way to start. To just get back on track with, uh, you know, starting YouTube channels and things like that, uh, I would like to take a moment just to plug your Patreon and stuff like that uh, before we wrap it up, because we're almost out of time here. Uh, we've, been, we've been going on for a little bit longer than usual. We um, always do. But yeah, you started a Patreon. Uh, when was that? Like a year ago. Uh, I started it about June, June or July of 2013. So it's been about oh, okay. a, it's been uh, about a year and a half. But yeah, it's just okay. patreoncom groove. and I uh, I started that just because I was like, uh, man, you know, maybe this would be a way for me to actually like make a living doing this because uh, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube revenue is very unstable. <laughs> it's very seasonal. Yeah, it's- yeah. yeah, and it's kind know. of a cool way to, and basically, you employ the people that you love to see. You you base you get to pay them to keep doing what they're they're, they're doing, or be able to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah. another motivating factors because like if someone donates you a dollar or two for like a video that you put out, it's like man, they they care about what I do. You know, it's like mm-hmm. dude, 
Like, yeah. And every dollar counts. It really does. Yeah, if you can donate a dollar, do it. Please. Like, seriously. Uh, check it out below. Also, be be sure to check out uh, all of your um, your your Twitter and face, or Facebook page, everything like that. I'll link it down below to check it out. Um, if you haven't heard of Smooth McGroove before, where have you been? Yeah, uh, I was say, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, but I really implore you to check out all his great Zelda covers. Uh, one of my favorite covers that isn't Zelda-related is uh, Together We Ride. Uh, is there a song you wanted to play out at the end, by the way? I can put that in. Uh, man, anyone you want. All right, I'm going to put down a random one. Uh, Midna's Lament is is amazing. That'd be a good I'll one. I'll put Midna's Lament to end this episode. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, it was a wonderful conversation. I had a lot of fun. Thank you, Max, uh, for taking part in this this really quick sort of thing we had to pull together in like the last minute. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully we can do it again in the future. When hmm? you guys hear Minna's Lament, I want you to think of my, my impending sorrow as I have to say goodbye to Smooth McGroove. Oh. oh. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be back together again soon to talk. Yeah, it's been great. One day. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. If you have any fan topics or if you're interested in any of the things that we talked about, uh, click those below. Or if you want to send us any sort of theme song submissions, anything, the first one was done by Husky by the Geek. This last one is Mendelsement by Smooth McGroove himself. Uh, be sure to send those to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. That's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. I bet Adam, thanks for, thanks for watching. So goodbye. Bye. It's been great. See ya. Take care. Later. Oh, you're cute. Okay, I'm going to stop now.
and this is where I'm going to put in the song. So crazy, Sweet. right? It's going to sound great. Your Stone Tower one was really good too. I, I yeah. hate that I didn't mention that earlier. Oh yeah, that's another darker one. It's like yeah, it sounds Middle Eastern kind of. No, honestly, no your Stone Tower one is so good. Oh god! As soon I as I get song. on the channel and then I hear Dire Dire Docks, I'm I'm happy. That's it. Oh my god, <laughs> Dire! You, oh my god, dude. That, that one was amazing. I, we can we can get back okay. to the podcast because I can just cut this. It's great. So you know, <laughs> you want to, you want to just go back into it? Let's it. go. All right. Listen, I do have a uh, Adam, host yeah. Adam more specifically. Feel free to cut this audio if this doesn't if if we don't go through with this. But I do have a very humble request for Mr. Smooth McGroove. Yeah, what's up? Um, I know this is very candid, but I would love if we if if we and this includes Adam if he's up for it could do a very ad lib acapella version of a song. Oh it, well, it, <laughs> here's here's the only here's the technical issue here. Yeah. There is latency over Skype. There's so much latency. Yeah. Oh god, that's true. Yeah. And it's and, and unfortunately, like this is I've been in this position before. Mm-hmm. You can, it's like you can't. And and, and no, I'll wait. I'll put it in an, in another analogy. Like I used to play Lord of the Rings online, and that mm-hmm. game has a music system where you can play music with other people in the game, and there is unfortunately internet latency there, and mm-hmm. because of that, like. Oh, it, it hurts because like you know yeah. you, I, we would want to put together these little bands and like Lord of the Rings where like I would play the drums and this guy would play the guitar the, the lute this other guy would play like the whatever but because of the latency we would have to either have to adapt to the latency which was like gut wrenching because you're like literally like a quarter second behind or something ah mm-hmm. and and it was it was Skype it's it's the same exact way where yeah unfortunately yeah you know your now is my you know quarter second maybe half a second later and it changes all the time that's that's why i spend a lot of time in the editing room i spent about 10 hours editing these by editing room he means his bedroom (laughs) it's it's where i'm sitting right now because i live in a college apartment no room the only songs i can think of that you can get by with with a little bit of latency are big long drawn out note songs Mm -hmm. um like possibly oh i can't even think of any man (laughs) Uh, some, we could if we. I mean, you could split it up there technically, and then I could match you it up. You could the, the chorus yeah. part to Halo. It would drive us nuts if we did it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and for the listeners, oh, it's terrible. 
Unless I mean, I would be able to sync it up later, but well, here's the problem: there's the though. chance that it would also be we, uh, a syncing issue due to the fact that we're hearing each other's notes. Yes, so we'd that's be the problem. rhythm would be off. Because yeah, like, no. we're trying to adapt to each other's latency, and it, it creates the most. Uh, it's it's horrible. Yeah, no. especially for like <laughs> I was in... re- uh, for like real musicians who are like trying to like you know like say mm-hmm. like uh, my brother who's a guitarist and I'm a drummer and like one of my buddies who <laughs> plays bass. Like we would try to like play music over Skype or or any type of voice chat, and it's like. We just end up belly laughing because of how hilariously bad it is. Because <laughs> like he's trying to adapt to my drum beat, and then I hear him adapting, and then I wait a second, and then like start the beat again, and, and like it's just we we just end up laughing. That's what trying happens. Trying to do anything like that in chorus was just like already like just thrown out the window. Like you had to be there in person. Yeah. You had to be like I used to run a show choir back in uh, my high school. Awesome. And yeah, uh, I decided that would be a good idea, and then I realized that we were doing like forty show tunes and stuff. Like, yeah winter wonderland and things like that dude speaking of like real real life like i, I was at magfest uh last month magfest and, is the and best dude fest. Uh, family jewels 7x the guitarist you guys he's mm-hmm. he's on youtube he's he does zelda covers Didn't and other covers like i do stage um he played he did a jam space uh thing uh i i saw oh my gosh i saw bit brigade do their they, they played uh to metroid and they they do a, a Legend of Zelda thing, anyways. Oh, um, but he had a uh, a get together up in his room where it was just a bunch of musicians, like from the YouTube sphere and the gaming sphere. And mm-hmm. one guy brought like this little drum thing. Everyone brought their guitars. There was a violinist up there. Uh, there was someone who brought like a ukulele thing. Some people brought mm-hmm. little, little like uh, Zelda like pan flutes and stuff. And oh, awesome. everyone was like jamming to like Gerudo Valley, Saria's song. Uh, just I mean the over the Hyrule Field theme. Uh, you know, uh, like they were doing one wing danger at one point, and it's just like there's no substitute for getting people together and just oh like God. jamming. It it was so. It sucks being a vocalist where you're like you're you're next to it, you're hanging out at a jam, but you can't do anything because you know y- it feels like you're you're just humming along or like yeah, that's all you can really do is along. just yeah. bop along or like scat, which no one really likes anymore. Yeah, uh, unless oh, I mean, scatting's alright. If you're a vocalist, and here's here's the genius thing one of the, one of the uh, the musicians there brought a bunch of kazoo's, so the people Aww. that wanted to sing along could put a kazoo in their mouth and actually in, have an instrument, and that was pretty funny because <laughs> hearing everyone like sing with kazoo's, ah, uh, it was it was pretty funny. It was great. Mm-hmm. 